Hello, Blank Green Canvas listeners. Do you enjoy this podcast? If so, please consider becoming a supporter on Anchor. You can support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. Monthly contributions range from $0.99 cents a month to $4.99 a month and $9.99 a month. Visit anchor.fm slash blank dash green dash canvas and click support this podcast to become a monthly contributor. Hello, everyone. This is Noah Villaverde, host of the Blank Green Canvas podcast. And joining me this week is a returning guest, Alan Gunn, a.k.a. my fellow friend and Godzilla enthusiast. How are you doing today? I am doing okay. It is, and I got an actual mic this time, people, so hopefully I'll sound somewhat professional this time around. <laughs> you sounded all right in the last pod we did together. And um, joining me here in person is a friend of mine, a fellow Fresno State alumni, uh, Skylar Munkers. How are you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Yeah, we're actually recording this a little later than expected. Uh, Skylar actually got caught up. Uh, so what happened to your phone again? So uh, I dropped it, and there's cracks in three different places. And what happens is you can't type. And then because of that, it actually caused issues with the charger. Phone would sit there, and it says, like, oh, I'm charging. But it's not, and it's dying. So the phone's completely dead. So I did not have a GPS, so I got lost. Yeah, so you got lost, and, and apparently because you had got lost with your directions, you had to go back to Fresno State to print out yeah, like yeah. old-fashioned MapQuest almost, mm-hmm. you know. Remember those days, guys, <laughs> when you had to use MapQuest? I remember my aunt told me I had to use go on MapQuest to help find her directions back then. That was when GPSs were on every phone, mm-hmm. you know, and when you had to buy a GPS, and they cost like 300 bucks maybe, mm-hmm. you know, but now it's on every single phone, so <laughs> mm-hmm. it's kind of funny in retrospect. But anyways... um. Alan, how are you? How have you been this weekend? Uh, I have been okay. Uh, I cried uh, this weekend because of what we're about to talk about. Uh, just been working. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just working. Just you know, keeping it pretty chill. Just you know, hanging. How has Denny's been? How has Denny's been across from uh, the happiest place on earth? Uh, the Denny's life is a hard one. It's not many of us are willing to take this burden, but it's something I take with honor. The uh, the Denny's busser life. It's just kind of crazy because finally today they just opened up to uh, Galaxy's Edge without having reservations. I mean, capacity is a factor, yes, but uh, I bet because when you you said when the weekend it opened, it wasn't as crazy, but it was because of the reservation period, I, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, I believe what happened was because I think when it opened a month ago with the reservation system, I think I just assumed okay, like Anaheim is just going to be a. Uh, uh, a dead zone. No, not just, it's going to be crazy. And Denny's is going to be crazy. But I think what happened was, cause for Disneyland, a huge part of the crowd is the annual pass people. Cause they're local and they can just pop in whatever. And I think a lot of you know, like I used to be, and I think a lot of those, that usual crowd or normal tourists were like, okay, that time is going to be crazy. Let's not go. And that resulted in, from what I heard, the park itself was actually like pretty slow outside of galaxy's edge. Cause people were like, yeah, no, apparently nobody has the balls to go, so we're going to go. So, yeah, it's funny how that works. It's kind of smart ma- marketing, I guess, in their part, trying to test the waters with the crowds. I'm pretty sure they knew that the crowds were going to be insufferable, especially with the fact that one of their rides is still not even open yet. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's one ride there. Like, I mean, the Falcon's open uh-huh. because that's what they've been marketing the most, but yeah. the big ride that they have that they're teasing is a trackless ride. It's called Rise of the Resistance. Uh-huh. And um, it's it takes place like you're trying to help, you know, Ray, Finn, and Poe, and them. They're going on this mission. 
inside the Star Destroyer, mm-hmm. and the vehicles are trackless, and you have to, it's a long, it's an expensive attraction, but apparently the technology is so different than what they've created that they delayed it a bit because they're a little worried with, like, the net, the, apparently there's, like, a Wi-Fi router password or something, mm-hmm. and, like, the, like, from a friend of mine who has people, who knows people, their, their cast members, like, he, he's been there twice now, but he's heard, like, that the vehicles are almost in danger of crashing into each other. So can you imagine riding that ride, and then all of a sudden you see the, t- the TIE fighters there, yeah. and then I was like, oh, oh, what, what, what's going on? Oh, we're going to crash into each other? Wait, this isn't part of the ride. It just yeah. turns Turn into, into a bumper, bumper car cars. track. Yeah. 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 That would be a horrifying thought, yeah. you know, like, uh, happiest place on Earth. Well, so it's going to be a real, genuine Star Wars experience, so I'm actually going to die here? Yeah, everyone's oh, going to okay. die. You're going to die for the resistance, man. Yeah, you yeah. got to, you know, in this time, you know. But anyways, that sounds interesting. How, how have you been, though, besides the phone, Skylar? Uh, I've been pretty good, uh, just enjoying the graduate life, uh, just looking for a new position. I actually just recently moved, uh, moved really far away from where I was. I'm actually over by Fresno City College now. Oh, really? Which is not a big deal. Like, yeah. it's actually, the house itself is really, really nice. The area is not so savory, but, like, we have good neighbors. So oh yeah, I get that. It. Like uh, when I went to city for about uh, two and a half years, uh, like it's the lo- the location isn't always the most friendly place, but um, I always I- I'll say this: it, it helped me like explore that area of town that I didn't really explore as much, especially since I was part of the rampage there, which is the newspaper. Mm-hmm. So I got to do a lot of stories at Tower, yeah, which is ve- is popping. Ta- Tower somewhere you have to like eventually end up once, and then yeah. you go, oh, this is a place I want. to I get keep it. Going. Yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, like the. Ar- the art scene in Fresno really pops there, especially, mm. you know, so that's cool. Like, um, for those who don't know, uh, Skylar and I are actually part of the same graduating class. Mm. I mean, technically, I still have the fall semester, but I wanted to celebrate now, so I don't have to celebrate next spring after <laughs> I just finished in the fall, mm-hmm. you know, but that sounds cool. Like, you're moved in and everything else, Alan, you got all that going on. Actually, in my case, I just got back from this event, uh, uh, AT&T Shape. Mm-hmm. It was held out at the Warner Brothers lot. And uh, I, I found the email from our counselors, actually. They sent it out, out to us saying, uh-huh. hey, use this code. You can get in for free uh, via Fresno State. And uh, I got in for free. It was $100 like, to pay for, and it was a sold-out event. But I got in for free. And uh, it was a great opportunity. It's basically AT&T and WB kind of showcasing new technologies in VR and entertainment. Hmm. A few speakers were there that I found interesting. Uh, you know, Kathy Yan, who is directing Birds of Prey oh. Oh, okay. for DC with with Harley Quinn and Margot Robbie, she was there. Oh, was she? Yeah, she was presenting uh, the AT and T Film Awards, the five or six different categories. Uh, Sixty thousand dollars worth of prize money were given out, and it was cool. I saw snippets of those short films. Mm-hmm. Tyra Banks was there, oh, okay. uh, so uh, and she's beautiful in person, as you'd expect. Never and uh, <laughs> she uh, she talked about like this new thing she has called Model Land. You know that she has planned to be open. Basically, it's kind of like her version of like Disneyland, but for like models, Uh-oh. or like anybody can go in and like live your life like a model or whatever. That's okay. that's what I heard. That's and then um, the next, then oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say a lot of exhibits. You know, uh, got to the Warner Brothers lot. You know, I got to see a bunch of the Batmobiles. I went to Conan's set. Oh, you did? Mm. Yeah. Oh, Conan, nice. Right? I love Conan. Like, Conan's set, it's smaller now because he does 30 minutes instead of an hour now. Yeah. And so, uh, like, it was cool seeing that. I saw a bunch of fake books from Andy Richter that were <laughs> wow. at the entrance. And I even saw, like, Conan's own uh, Iron Throne Ooh. he had there, you know, that he has, like, in the backstage. And then uh, there was that. I also, uh, one of the other events I got to see 
uh, probably the headlining uh, speakers, uh, Laverne Cox. She was interviewing Elizabeth Banks, oh. and they were just talking about like because Elizabeth Banks, uh, she wrote, directed, and produced uh, the upcoming Charlie's Angels reboot, which comes out in November. She's talking about that. Talked about her time in the industry. And gave us a lot of tips on like if you're a creative person, what you want to do. It was a great event. It was a great weekend. Uh, you know, it was nice to be in LA like for those two days. You know, it was just me and my dad. And um, I drove us home, uh, at least uh, from Tan Ranch. You know, which is like the big uh, stop that a lot of people from Fresno go mm-hmm. to and from if you're going to like LA or Disneyland or whatever. And uh, I just found a there's just something very therapeutic about uh, driving home like long nights, especially when there's very minimal traffic. Mm-hmm. And it was a Sunday night, so traffic wasn't yeah. that crazy this time around. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I was listening to like three classic Beatles albums back to back. So mm-hmm. it was just me and my dad just going through uh, preparing because um, next week's podcast is actually gonna be about yesterday. Ooh. The oh, new okay. movie yeah. and uh, Beatles music I'm still trying to find. I think my friend Josh hopefully will be the guest for that one. Stay tuned, listeners. Wait, does uh, this come out yeah. this week? Yeah, it comes out this week. Jeez. That and Annabelle. Yeah, yeah they all the come times. out this week. It's been a weird. It's been a weird fast summer overall. I mean, it's already gonna be July. Late out. next week, uh, Spider Man's out. That's quick. Wait, oh, doesn't? Yeah, I was like, Spider Man. I was looking up Spider. Doesn't that open like July second? Isn't July second like the middle of the week or something? Like Tuesday or Wednesday, yeah, I think. That's actually my birthday. Which so wait, yeah, I, mean, I think so it's because holiday, of holiday. But still, I was like, oh, yeah, Tuesday. the Fourth of July kind of. Thing. I mean, some are like the box office, unless you're John Wick or you're part of the Mouse House, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. has been pretty. I mean, yeah. like, some have done okay. I mean, Pikachu did okay, but not yeah, like. Pikachu it, did I thought well. I, I expected that to be a bigger hit. It's just, I think, uh, just out of nature of the recognition of the brand. But yeah. a lot of other movies that came out just underperformed, yeah. you know? Yeah, like, uh, Dark Phoenix really did. Which well, that's the most see. notorious one. Yeah. They're, because they're beating like, that dead horse. Like, oh, God, like, some sites. And you know, look, Dark Phoenix, it flopped, obviously. But some sites are like yeah. really yeah. like milking in, like, oh, I hear Dark Phoenix is like being pulled from theaters. It's like, yeah, and that's it's true. Basic, that's it's basic true, yeah. business, buddy. <laughs> why you gotta, yeah, why that you happens for any movie down. that flops. That, that's the issue. Even as someone like I write for a website too, and I, I get that. But I, I also, what I don't like is the mean spiritedness that some people online have about that franchise, saying, yeah. oh, they're going to Disney now, so let's just root for it to fail. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. no, I, it's I wanted it to end on a good note. And it, it, it's not even like I, I talked about the movie with uh, on two episodes ago, and mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan of it. But it's I don't think it's like oh this is like legendarily this. It's just a matter of oh the production was unfortunate yeah. and a lot of stuff happened. And I mean let's not forget this isn't the last hurrah for this version of the X Men. There's still apparently we're still getting new mutants apparently if you believe yeah, them. Which the yeah keep telling yourself I, and, that. Yeah, it's so sad because that trailer was so interesting. Yeah. the way that they presented that, that, that trailer. Like, to see it. That uh-huh. yeah, that trailer dropped before like the last Jedi was on theaters. Yeah, it was before oh, then, so it's been like a long oh, time. Boy. You know, and they haven't done reshoots yet. Apparently, it's been a long time, which is unfortunate. You know, for all the actors see, involved, now, because be funny, it's down after because they got to do reshoots. There's gonna be stuff, and especially since they're kids, like from like what footage from like two years ago, spliced in. Oh with yeah, from like now, and you're like. Did they just have a growth spurt or something? Yeah, Maisie, Will- yeah, yeah. Maisie Williams does is not going to look the same as she did three years ago. Well, she didn't. She didn't even look the same in the Game of Thrones like, no. through the years. Like, there's well, no that's way. a given. You know, yeah, like yeah. you see her grow up, and it's kind. Of, that's why it was all the more weirder when she, you see her in that scene, like the second episode before. It. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like because you see her grow up, and it's like, oh, I mean, I know you're an adult now, but it's like, oh, I you saw you when you were a little, little kid. You know, you know, but yeah, like nobody's gonna. 
it's gonna be that movie whatever happens we'll see what happens yeah anyways but um so that was how we've been doing lately but um that's not why you're here to tune in we're here to tune in or listeners are here to tune in because we're here to discuss um, a certain uh fourth film that came out earlier this weekend toy story 4 a film that a lot of people were very skeptical about because of the way the trilogy went through, which we're going to talk about the original three films first before we discuss Toy Story 4. We're going to have a a spoiler-free review first from each, all three of us, and then we're going to go into very in-depth in the spoilers of Toy Story 4, which you may want to avoid if you haven't seen the film yet. Trust us on that. Don't spoil the end game. Yeah, (laughs) don't spoil the end game. Toy Story end game, yeah. You'll spoil the Avengers crossover. Oh. Yeah, of course. It's, Dis- it's Disney synergy, baby. Everybody yeah, knows Endgame is getting re-released so they can have the uh, alternate ending where Forky defeats Thanos. Oh, yes. That was, I can't wait. I, I am can't wait. Well, and I am trash. <laughs> I'm trash. Man. I can't wait to talk about him and the movie, yeah. but we're going to start off with um, 1995, the original classic Toy Story. I just want to start off this first. Um, I got really excited, especially for this movie and for this podcast, because um, for those who actually follow my YouTube channel, I did a movie review on the movie. You could check out my review on there, and I'll get into more depth later. But um, Toy Story means a lot to me, because when I was a kid, uh, I had the VHS tapes for a lot of movies, but and I, I watched a lot of Disney movies especially, but it was Toy Story, the one that I rewind, rewinded the most for those who had n- never had VHS tapes. Uh, did you have VHS, Tyler? Oh, yeah. I had a lot of VHS tapes and i've had ones that wear out where i had to buy a new one. Oh man you had to actually buy new ones wow yeah yeah that's one of my big regrets we sold our vhs tapes and i wish we kept them just for the nostalgia and also if i could buy a vcr you know because i know <laughs> my find one of those yeah my, my cousin she owns like the original three star wars original cuts oh, on vhs really Ooh, you know wow. so like i'm thinking i want to invest <laughs> weird to say invest on a vhs player <laughs> but but yeah toy story like I watched that movie endlessly as a kid. I, it might have been, it was either that or The Lion King, Fitting Summer, I guess, yeah. <laughs> that uh, were the first movies that I watched ever. And um, as a kid, I would rewind those movies all the time. I would recite the lines, line for line, while watching the movie and not watching it. You know, like, uh, man, I can go on and on. I watched that. That's probably the movie I've watched the most, just from childhood. But... Even now, as in, as I get older, like I was watching it again, of course, and it's even funnier than it was when I was a kid because of all the jokes that you miss when you're a kid. And, um, I mean, it's a given because we all know that Toy Story was the very first computer-generated animated film. And um, let's uh, move on to you, Skylar. Do you have any fond memories with like the first Toy Story or any of the films? We'll start with the first one, obviously. Uh, yeah, for sure, because like, I was actually born in 1996, so I was wow. Same here. about one when the movie came out, and yeah. so I didn't really, obviously when you're one, you don't really yeah. uh, pay attention, but like when I really started paying attention was probably 1999, which is funny because that's when the second one yeah. came out, but uh, that first movie meant a lot to me just because like, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up, and being able to see a literal duo of like clashing ideas yeah. become friends at the end of it. It was a really good message. It's a timeless story, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I mean, we can go on and on. I mean, uh, about like the voice cast and like the story, the writing and the screenplay and everything else. The characters are what really bring us to it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go on more about some of our favorite moments from the first film. But Alan, um, uh, fellow lover of animation, uh, what memories do you have of the first Toy Story? Uh, you know what's funny about the toy, first Toy Story? And I can say it's about the whole franchise in general, but specifically that first one. And I was thinking about it with the fourth one coming out. Well, first of all, it's one of those things where it hits you. 
oh my god, this movie is almost a quarter of a century year old, years old. And you're 24 like, mm. years. And yeah. you're like, that, that, that blew my mind, like, oh my god. Um, and I loved it as a kid. It's one of those things, I feel like, for that first movie, you almost kind of take it for granted, especially where we're at now with computer animation. Oh, yeah. Where you're kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, especially since it's such this, like, franchise where it's so exposed, where it's like, it's the movies and the merchandise and the theme parks and yada, you just kind of take it for granted. But when you really sit down and watch that first movie, well, obviously just the historical impact of it being the first computer animated movie. And it and you, and you look into the history of that movie, it was... It, you know, just this insane, like, lightning-in-a-bottle moment where things just came together perfectly at this one moment. But, um, but no, you watch that movie, and it's such a good movie, and it holds up so well. Yes. And you really take it for yes. granted, because, again, we just take, you know, everything that it influenced, we take it for granted. But, man, you see it. And, again, from an animation point of view, I can still see, like, you know, it's a little rough around the edges by our standards, just by how far the technology has advanced like you know particularly with the humans oh, and definitely. with like scud the dog oh, yeah. Yeah. oh definitely look at that dog for yeah. sure i mean that first which is yeah. understandable i mean that first movie like there are animation students now who can do technically on the level of the first story they can do that stuff now but yeah just the writing and the design and the soul of it i think is just unmatched and yeah that first movie just is aside from just the influence damn good absolutely like Funny enough, like, the version we got wasn't the original version that we were going to get. Mm-hmm. Like, if you guys know, like, if you watch, like, the special features on the Blu-ray, uh, the original version of Toy Story was going to be a lot edgier, mm-hmm. quote-unquote. Yeah. And that was, uh... And, um... Yeah. And, well, that was, if you... If anybody knows a little <coughs> bit of their Disney history, this was when uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg was running things, and he was big Mr. Hollywood who was like, oh, we gotta, you know, appeal to the masses. And he was given the notes of like, oh, you gotta make it edgy, you gotta make it adult, because the adults are gonna show up. This ain't no Disney. Well, you gotta you gotta throw in the jokes and the, and the edginess, guys. Come on now. Yeah. yeah. And if you, they actually have like the sizzle reel or so, or like storyboards with the voice actors of the original version. It was the scene in which Woody threw Buzz off the window, mm-hmm. but while in the movie, it was like, yeah, you shouldn't have done it, but you feel like you're thinking, oh man, Woody, don't do that. In you in see that the version, in, his face. <laughs> in that version, no. you just you just want to kind of throw him off the window. You oh, hate him. Oh, in Woody that like chucks Buzz clip. right out the window and then just like goes back to his pillow, like do 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 do, and you're like, dude. He was much more like cynical. Oh yeah, and so much more angry in mean. that first cut. It was too mean. It didn't feel right. And not only was that, oh, Woody was unlikable. Everybody else was just feeding on that like yeah. it's infectious of how mean it was when slinky's like throw him off the window like he did to buzz like what because <laughs> what's lord of the flies oh yeah, yeah because what makes that first movie so great is because of how great those two lead characters are and mm-hmm. how lovable and believable mm-hmm. they are obviously part of that is because of hanks and allen but also because of how they uh how they just made Woody especially, which really Woody is kind of the main protagonist of all four of these movies. Buzz mm-hmm. is a co-lead, yes, and Jesse to an extent in some of the other movies. But mm-hmm. Woody, it's really his story all the way through, mm-hmm. which we'll get into when we talk about the other films. But yeah. what makes Woody so great is that he's you. Like, he, yeah. he, he feels jealous, envious, but he's also has a good heart. He, he yeah. feels all these real, true human feelings that all of us do, and... It's it's just hard not to love him even mm-hmm. as he makes some of those mistakes because those are honest mistakes we all make. Mm-hmm. They're not like, "Oh, you're a bad person immediately." No, you're just a regular guy who ha- who has like dreams, who has hopes, who has an agenda just look, I just want everyone to be together and that we could do what's best for Andy, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh 
you know, like, what, let's just talk about some of our favorite scenes. You know, like, uh, Skylar, what are some scenes that pop out to you when you think of the first film, at um, least? The first film, well, probably the intro where Andy's actually just playing with the toys. Yeah. Just, like, I don't think anything has ever come close to an accurate representation of a child's imagination. And right. just being able to see him basically use toys in the sense that they weren't supposed to be used. He makes them, uh, if I remember correctly... Uh, it's Mr. Potato Head's the bad guy, right? Yeah, one-eyed Bart. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, that's not how that toy was quote-unquote meant to be yeah. used, but like, that's what makes it so special. And I think more people remember Mr. Potato Head from that film than they do as than a the toy. toy. Yeah. yeah, like Don Rickles, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, he... Like it's it's inseparable. Like um, when I when I think of that was how I was introduced to Potato Head. Mm-hmm. You know, I never really had a Potato Head as a kid. You know, but I remembered him from the movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was a toy first. Yeah. Or like you know, so there was that. Like so he was one eyed bar. Produce, yeah. By the way. Oh yeah, of course. It's kind of funny though because uh, I, I saw someone tweet saying, "I mean, I love all these toys and these characters, but what kid played with their piggy bank?" Like that. <laughs> I mean, a, you know? a, a kid who didn't have very many toys, yeah. and I, I actually related to that more so. That is true. Than other people's, like, like you make whatever you could a toy. Yeah, and that was like uh, John Ratzenberger as Ham, you know, mm-hmm. who has been Pixar's good luck charm with every single one of their films. Uh, he's had a voice in every single time. Was he in yeah. the Good Dinosaur? Uh, you want to know what's funny? I've seen every single Pixar film uh-huh. except The Good Dinosaur. Really? I didn't see it either, and I heard nothing but like mixed reactions about I, uh, it. And yeah, so it's it makes lack- me sad. Alan's seen it. Alan's How, seen how'd you feel about it? Think, well, I was okay. On, well, it's probably definitely aside from Cars Two, probably the weakest. I mean, I was okay on it. Okay. It just wasn't. That well, Cars Two is Cars Two. Car- Car- uh, Cars Two we don't talk about. Um, but I'm trying to think. I'm sure. Like, here's the thing. I'm sure Ratzenberg was in the movie, but. I can barely remember that movie, so he probably was. But what's so funny about Ratzenberg, for those who don't know, he has a voice, if anything, just a cameo in, like, every single Pixar movie, even Coco, which they stress, all Latino cast. This is a fully Latino uh-huh, movie. Yes. <laughs> we still got Ratzenberg one word, because uh-huh. we owe you him gotta. that much. Yeah. He says, like, yes. one word. He says one, gracias, and then he's off, because, like, well, yeah. we got to give him that. Yeah, yeah. like, they, they tell him, they say he's the good luck charm for a reason. Yeah. I mean, and I remembered... Like D23 a couple of years back, Bill Hader said, hey, I'm going to come for you, uh, John Ratzenberger, because Bill Hader has been doing a few uh, voices in recent Pixar films mm-hmm. and everything else. But yeah, like the opening scene with the toys, that's so memorable. You know, like, uh, I mean, all the characters, like Beyond Woody and Buzz, you know, Rex, yeah. uh, Wallace Shawn, man, like yeah. he nails it. Just making a T-Rex, this was at the height of Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. uh, making him have like like inferiority complex, have yeah. anxiety despite being the most ferocious beast that ever walked the planet especially in andy's eyes you see oh, yeah. him go raw and it's like on the inside that's not how he's he a is. dinosaur that eats force field dog you know <laughs> yeah. slinky you know and that's like that's like all those characters they're all so memorable even mm-hmm. if they're just supporting players you love you love all of them mm-hmm. they're all different they're all wild in their personalities but by the end of the day they're a family yeah you know and what i love is like they made andy's room like an office an office place in a lot of ways kind of yeah you know where it's like uh, they have like staff meetings you know yeah. talking about like seminars that you have to attend which goes into one of the because we were talking about like adult humor one of the best jokes that i didn't get as a kid but i definitely got as an adult was mr potato at taking his mouth off and then oh Oh, yeah, kissing his, his back, ass. and I'm yeah. like, oh, now I get that as an adult. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's, that's a great, and it's just a visual non sequitur, yeah. basically, where it's like, yeah, look at when Slinky's basically kissing Woody's ass, yeah. pretty much. And it's know. like, as a kid, you don't get that, but I'm sure every adult that saw that movie in the theater was, was chuckling to themselves. Of course. Alan, any scenes from the first film that stick out to you that you will always remember? Ahem. 
I am Mrs. Nesbit. <laughs> um, of course, snap out of it, Buzz. But uh, but yeah. no, yeah, rewatch the movie because I did rewatch them all. I mean, and again, yeah. I talked about how maybe by our, our tech standards today, the animation is you know obviously rough around the edge as far as lighting and rendering. But man, there's still like again, I don't know if I can pick any singular moment of like, oh, this is my favorite moment. But just so many lovely bits of like acting and performance, and you know, not just the voice acting, but again, even with kind of the somewhat rudimentary you know again by our standards just some lovely performances just little you know bits of acting and animation that i love in that movie and uh again just there's just a nuance to it like in the characters and again you got to remember mid 90s we're right in the middle of disney where everything's songs and princesses and yeah yeah it was like the disney renaissance the 90s bad. was the renaissance yeah and absolutely and the pocahontas came out the same year oh that's right but yeah i know their big mission statement for that was hey look we love disney but we're not going to be Disney. So there's like a list of rules, like no songs, no bad guys, no this, no that. And, and they opted it, instead and again, for like a musical number as they use Randy Newman's like iconic yeah. songs. And I, you know, those are just inseparable, especially, of course, you've got a friend in me. Obviously. But even then you have strange things. I almost said stranger things. <laughs> and uh, and um, uh, I can't go sailing no more. Oh, that, that whole that sequence. And how about that scene? I want to bring this up. That scene where Buzz watches that commercial. When oh. you're a kid, you're like, oh, that's sad. When you're an adult, oh, you're like, it, 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 it hurts. still breaks it, your heart. That really does break yeah. it, it, it breaks your heart even more because it's like everything I thought I knew was a lie. Yeah. And in some ways, I, I don't know if you guys feel this way. In some ways, I've been through that in the last mm-hmm. few years of my life going yeah. like, what? Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to with the chaos in the world these days. But like, like that scene hits hard. But um, before we move on to Toy Story 2, let's talk about like the villain of the movie, Sid. Yeah. What I love about the Sid is that objectively remove the toys from the factor. He's just a he's just a kid. He's he's just a quote unquote delinquent. See, that's the thing. Immature like, kid. He's the closest thing the movie has to a bad guy, but really, yeah, he's just a kid. He's just you know a little bit more extreme. Because Andy, what do you think about Andy's like the best case scenario? He's like you know yeah. the yeah. rich. He uses like, imagination for good. Yeah, he's yeah. the toy equivalent of like the one percent where they live. <laughs> Everybody else is like on the edge. You know, they're like barely mm-hmm. scraping by. Wow, yeah, that's that, I never thought of it that way. He really but like, is. Well, I lo- yeah, Eric Von Detten voiced Sid, and uh, he uh, obvious Sid was just so so memorable because for one, all his room is horrifying. It's oh, like the complete yeah. antithesis of what Andy's room is. Warm, cuddly. Uh, Sid's is anything but. You know, you see all the zombie toys coming mm-hmm. to life and everything else. And as a kid, you go, "Oh, that's terrifying." But then you grow up into a teenager and you go, "I get it. I get it. I yeah. get the room. I understand." That's exactly like because he's like. Maybe two or three years older than Andy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like probably like ten or eleven, where Andy yeah. then and was like six or seven. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's start he's have, getting a little angsty and everything else. And by the time that final moment with Sid, where he realizes all these toys are alive, when Woody comes out and just comes to life in front of his eyes, so play nice. Yeah, like which I still have a gripe with because yeah, they have the cameo in the third movie. Right. I don't feel like they ever really like talked about because he had to go to therapy, right? Oh like, yeah. He or, always talked to him like he he's messed up, or and he, we never see any sort of. Well, that probably to that. explains why he became a, a, a dumpster garbage. guy. Yeah. Like he just he's like you know what like I can't really do much. I'm just gonna live a quiet life. Just well, I saw a theory business. that was like because in the third film, if we're jumping ahead, yeah. when they put the toys on the truck, that's right. why he became a garbage man because he gets to quote unquote torture the toys, and I'm like, so, oh, that's uh, that's dark has his own therapy i mean like but it's really funny though because when you we'll go back to toy story 3 in a bit but like when you think about it andy didn't really move that far Mm-mm. he probably just moved just a few blocks away from a to a nicer house yeah probably a nicer school a, be, a yeah. more one percent style house yeah, yeah exactly. whatever you and, know uh, like again, there's that again they don't they never address it but the whole thing at least i forget if they've ever confirmed by the makers but like 
you know, single mom, so they're probably going through a divorce. And again, that's like the subtext going through. Like, there's again, been a lot of the theories scenes. about Andy's dad. Yeah, you know, I I always thought the idea that she was a widow. I always no, sensed really? that. Okay, huh. yeah. like that's what I, I always believed because she mentioned how Woody was like a an old family toy, hmm. and um. Like, we'll get into it with, like, theories with Toy Story 4 because there's a lot of stuff that popped in my head mm-hmm. through it. But, like, so overall, the first one, it's a classic. It's It's been in, like, AFI, like, top 100 of all time. Oh, yeah. I have it's part it right of the... here. Rotten Tomatoes has a 100% score. So there's not a single bad review of it. Which, yeah. yeah. I believe it. I mean, yeah, that and the second one. And mm-hmm. three and four were close. Yeah, they were very close. They were just very, I four think this was is the best slump. franchise I've ever seen. Four was so close this yeah. week. They were there for like a good few days. And then, you know, like, yeah, sure, things so, happen. Somebody's got to be cynical. Yeah. You have to. You like that, And I get that. Like, but well, it's actually. actually <laughs> um, I didn't like it. I thought it was okay. Yeah. And I'll give it like a three out of five. But I'll give it the rotten score because why not? It's I, like, <laughs> my, my review will be riddled with nothing but positives. Five out of ten. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that reminds me of an in-joke Alan and I and a bunch of our friends had where we would give like a glowing review oh, and then we'd five. give it a three out of five. Three out of five? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it was, that. It was amazing. Random. It was fantastic. Three out of five. Three out of five. Like <laughs> yeah. uh, shout out to all of our fellow uh, old friends on Facebook that <laughs> know that joke. But like that, that was the first film. Uh, let's move on to the sequel, which I remember vividly uh, seeing it in theaters. Did you guys see it in theaters? Yes, I saw it in theaters. I don't believe. I think I was a little too young to be seeing movies in theaters because like. I was born ninety seven. <laughs> that was ninety nine. I don't think my oh, right, parents yeah. were taking me to yeah. the theaters quite yet, which is respectful. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting because um I remember vividly because my parents would take me to the movies. Yes, but I was always afraid of the the theater and the screen when there was nothing being on the screen yet. So I would close mm. my eyes oh, because okay. I was so scared. I remember I brought my old little plush Woody and Buzz with me, and I would cover my eyes before the movie started, even though I was so excited to finally see it. Because like, oh my goodness, a new Toy Story movie. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you never really think of that. It's like, oh wow, a new movie. I get to see these characters again. And I remember seeing it then. Which, by the way, when I was a kid, I used to be afraid of like the piracy warnings and the THX. <laughs> you wouldn't steal a car. <laughs> the I was THX. Say, I feel like most adults are scared of that THX. That's a <laughs> like you. Know, yeah, when I was a kid, it was so Shut loud. It, it was so loud. So whenever it played in front of the VHS that we had i was like oh it's so i ran away from the room before the movie started because mm-hmm. i just thought it was so loud and scary you know i used to be afraid of those things which is funny in retrospect you know but like man uh, in a lot of ways uh toy story 2 kind of succeeds and surpasses its original and it, it does what any great sequel should do mm-hmm. you know it uh expands upon the characters it makes them grow you find out things about them that you'd never thought of like from the first film and it enhances them and it also introduces new characters that are endearing you love them instantly they feel three-dimensional and even with some of the subplots they're just as entertaining as the main plot Mm -hmm. you know which isn't always the case with a lot of these kinds of movies but they did a great job balancing that out uh you know like there's a lot of things we could bring up uh skylar what do you think of when you think of toy story 2 uh the biggest thing for me now as an adult is it, it uh, toy story 2 toy story 2 was able to do what both spider-man movies were not able to do is have three villains and be good and have them all be good <laughs> because you had zerg you had al and you had the prospector all three of them operated on different levels yeah and they all were pretty good and even as a kid I knew what their motivation were, yeah. mm-hmm. and I knew why they were the way they were, but I wanted them to fail, and they did. And yeah. I think that's probably the best part about that movie is, as you said, it's a sequel that improved upon the first one and surpassed it in certain areas, like Jesse's little song oh, and man. Like that whole... Oh, man. When She Loved Me. Yeah, uh, that... Ray Newman's yeah. written song sung by Sarah McLachlan, like the I- iconic oh, woman. Sarah McLachlan, yeah, of course Like, whenever she sings, like, even when I see all those pet commercials oh, from the ASPCA... In the arms of, in the arms of the, an angel. I still think of, like, Toy Story. 
no matter yeah. what, even with all the sad, scarring images of dogs and cats just cowering in terror. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, but yeah, like, of course, so much about Toy Story too that we can go on about. Like, Alan, what do you think of when you think of that film? Like, what stands out to you? Um, well, it's funny because as a kid, I think Toy Story two is the one. Like rewatching these movies is the one I remembered the least, uh, which is why a lot of it kind of surprised me. I mean, and again, watching them again, you look again. The first one was ninety five. This one was ninety nine, and then they had Bugs Life in between the year before. Uh, you yeah, ninety eight. And like four years, just you look at the quantum leap in animation. How much they learned. Oh and how, yes. You know, how, look at the dogs. Oh, the oh, dogs. Oh yeah, Buster, so Buster the Duction. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many little lovely touches, and you know, just again, just from a technical standpoint, just a huge step up. Um, but yeah, the writing's a lot sharper. You could tell. Well, it's funny. And again, you know, just again, like Jesse's bit. Again, we're talking like a G-rated little kitty movie. And there's mm-hmm. a, like a whole three-minute section of the movie that's just a sad montage, and it's like about abandonment for about abandonment. Oh man! But it works. What a theme. And uh, what a theme. Like those movies. These movies, even though we watched them as kids, they dealt with themes of like. I think the central theme of this whole series is coming of age when you reach certain parts of your life and how maybe what you wanted years ago is not mm-hmm. what you want now. Yeah. And like where the, the people you meet and um, the adventures you go on and and all the everything in between, how mm-hmm. it really impacts us. Yeah. And um, with Woody's journey, when he gets stolen by Al, we think Al is the big villain because, oh, you stole Woody. You, yeah. like, what are you doing? And then, uh, you know, when he meets uh, Jesse, Bullseye, and Prospector... You know, um, of course, everyone that they cast in all these movies, they just fit perfectly there. I mean, um, I always forget that um, Al is voiced by uh, Wayne, Wayne Knight. Knight. Newman. <laughs> you know, Newman. Yeah. Man, it's so funny, like, thinking that now I can't see it, you know. And then, uh, you know, Joan Cusack, obviously, as Jesse. Uh, Kelsey great. Grammer as mm-hmm. uh, Prospector. And I totally P. forgot Kelsey Grammer was the Prospector. Like, yeah, that same. For Luke. Yeah. I looked that up uh, a couple hours ago, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. He's, he's in this. Oh, yeah, and did you guys know that Bullseye originally was going to be a voice oh, they're, really? they're gonna get a voice for him but i'm glad they didn't they decided that no let's just make him a puppy but he's yeah. a horse yeah you know I, because i think that was a good he's call. instantly lovable and everything else like woody we find out he was the basis of this 50s uh western puppet show mm-hmm. or marionette show and uh, we we see the history of there and it's so fitting that we find out it got canceled because sputnik yeah. and like yeah. um the astronauts and everything else and it's like and it's a good way to build upon the first movies, it, like mm-hmm. coming to terms with, yeah, we can be yeah. friends and go, yeah, but this is beyond you at this point. Yeah, and then that role reversal where um, now it's Buzz telling Woody that he's a toy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like that whole thing where Buzz learned so much from Woody from the first film. And now he's almost tr- not necessarily trying to reteach it to him, but remind him, like, what what are you doing? It's because of fear. He's scared of like that day where Andy grows up and yeah. what happens to them. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, would you rather live permanently but not necessarily a fulfilling life? Or would you rather live a life that, sure, maybe won't last forever, but it, you'll always carry that with yeah. you? See, and, and, and that's what's so weird, like, especially with 2, where, I mean, the first movie, obviously, like, from an emotional standpoint, is, like, very solid. But I think 2 is where you really start to see it get existential, because you're seeing oh, this yeah. toy. And it only gets more existential from oh, here. Oh, he's yeah. essentially grappling with immortality. Like, he's presented yeah. with the opportunity to live in this museum and be revered as a, quote-unquote, you know, parlance god of sorts like a toy god uh but at what cost and he's like no you know but he's like you know and again that immortality distance from heartbreak is certainly tempting but he chooses to yeah live with ultimately and accept and in a lot of ways his connection to andy is something he carries with him through all of these films Mm -hmm. like 
and we'll get into that later on with four. Well, and then also into it's just a side like very small, but but like the fact that you get to see two buzzes. Oh yeah, really like it shows that like oh no, they're not quote unquote special like. They're toys. They're manufactured. There's yeah, multiples yeah. of them. And then I love the Star Wars. I am your father. Oh bit. man, there's and so like, many. There's him so many. Throwing nuts. that ball, and going. I'm gonna play catch with my dad, and he hits him in the head. That whole thing is absolutely. Did hilarious. you know? I was listening to the commentary recently, and apparently the original plan with Zerg after Rex threw him off. Yeah. In that hilarious moment was he was like basically damaged so much, and and Buzz with the utility belt was like, I'm gonna go bury my father. Whoa. <laughs> Oof. That's dark. That's too dark. That's, that's too dark. That, that's a little too dark. But yeah. I like the. The choice they went where because if you actually look at zerg at that moment you see his teeth one of this like the glowing part of his teeth is missing yeah so it's like chipped almost where he just <laughs> i mean he just shoots the balls at him going like yeah. that's my son go on buzzy well, and, and then, then that whole interaction is what caused the uh the television show for buzz which was uh, like its own little side yeah uh, direct to dvd did you guys ever watch that cartoon i did yeah, I, it. I had the which, vhs for those who oh, don't yeah. know uh was actually the guys who developed that would later go on to develop kim possible so they know right. really they that's yeah. interesting yeah. yeah and then the and the cartoon patrick warburton voiced buzz mm-hmm. he did a good know, job which which yeah. is a good fit for like a tv version of the show and everything Else. It was and, pretty uh, fun, yeah. It was like, it had like although it's kind of funny that the the little green men aliens, which are actually Pizza Planet aliens, because you look at their emblem, it's a pizza. Yeah, uh, they're in that show, so it's like, wait, how does that? Work? Who cares? You know, <laughs> you know, that, you know that's something that's okay to brush. they're aliens. Like, like, yeah, they're aliens. It's like Mac so and Me. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> like Mac and Me exactly. Um, <laughs> it's a masterpiece. But no, one one other last thing about Toy Story Two. Um, for those who don't know, and this is what's always crazy when we talk about how good Toy Story Two is. Uh, for those who don't know, technically speaking, the movie that we know was made in like nine months because this, oh yeah, because it was really just going to be like a directed DVD sequel, kind of by, by Pixar, for like an hour like, long, but yeah. like you know, but not by like the main Pixar team because they were busy working on Bugs Life. And what happened right. is that Disney saw the movie and they deemed it like, okay, we're going to release this in theaters. It's good enough for theaters. We're going to put it out. But then Pixar, the main Pixar people like Lasseter and Andrew Stanton and you know those guys saw it and yeah, were P. like, Doctor. and they saw it and they were like. This this just isn't working. Disney's like, well, the movie's out in nine months. If you really want to change this, you got to make a whole movie in nine months. So in nine months, we're again, we're talking nine months to write a movie, board a movie, rewrite and reboard because this happens all the time in animation. Record, mm-hmm. go through that rewriting process a billion times. Animate, render, edit, market, da 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 da, all that in a process that normally takes years and years and years to do in nine months, and then to come out with a sequel that everybody's like. This is better than the first. That's yeah, kind of unheard yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah, and everything about it, you know, is just delightful. It's it's hilarious. It's heartfelt. And uh, you just, like, it's such a fun, like, these movies have perfect pacing, they I'd do. argue. Like, it's, they're sure, do. they're short movies. The first one's 81 minutes. The second one's, like, 92 minutes. But, like, they just go by so quick. And I bring up this subplot with, like, Buzz and, and their other toys trying to find Woody. Like Woody's story is the main part of the story, but when Buzz and and the rest of the other toys are on their adventure, that's just as hilarious yeah. and just as they, entertaining. They do a good job of balancing A, B, and C stories. Yeah, like nothing feels like a downgrade. Where it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna focus on this, but we're just not gonna focus on this one as much because that's not as important. Yeah, you know where. But when they come together and like that whole sequence with like the the traffic cones oh, crossing the street. <laughs> yep. See, I'd forgotten because I thought it was just them like walk, walking across the street, and I'd forgotten they almost kill like. 
tons of people. Oh yeah, it's, it's yeah. a whole it's a whole pile up. It's, it's whole hilarious. Thing. And then when they cross, they make it to Al's. They're like, we're not we're that much closer to Woody, but they're like, no, you were there the whole time because the whole the apartment building was right there mm-hmm. across the street. So you did all that for nothing, you know. But uh, but yeah, that Toy Story two. I mean, it's uh, it's heavily considered as like uh, just a great sequel in its own right in mm-hmm. terms of expanding the story, expanding the characters, and really introducing the whole theme of like not just abandonment but also mortality in general yes. and coming of age and realizing there's going to be a day where it's not going to be the same anymore yeah but embracing it at yeah. the same time mm-hmm. which leads us to um, 11 years later 1995 to 1999 11 years later toy story 3 comes out and i remember when toy story 3 that first trailer came out i was obsessively excited for oh, it oh yeah like i was looking up all, everything mm-hmm. and, and, and everything about it because i i loved those movies so much as a kid got so excited i was 13 you know, which, I mean, Andy was 17 or 18. He was yeah. going to college, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. I, I just finished eighth grade, mm-hmm. was about to enter ninth grade. So a whole cycle of, like, school ahead. But yeah. still, it's like, man, I can't wait, everything else. And, um, you know, uh, man, a lot can be said about Toy Story 3. I mean, I think it's widely considered to be the movie that a lot of millennials almost universally cried during. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because it's that whole emotional element of, uh, you know, what happens when you find... It's like, it's one thing to... F- to think about the day where Andy will grow up, but it's another thing to be at that day yeah. where he's in college now. But not just that, we see the flashbacks of him as a kid playing with them again and all of that with the newer animation, which the, the, it can't be stressed enough that when you watch all four of these movies, back the back leaps back. It's, in animation. It's so fascinating to watch them back it's to night back and day. see that leap. It's, it's wild. Yeah, it's so wild, but like with Toy Story 3, the opening scene, it kind of plays yeah. tribute to the original scene from the first film. Oh, yeah. You know, where he's playing with the toys, but we're seeing it through their imagination. The toy's oh. imagination oh, in a yeah. lot of ways. Mm-hmm. of what Because when they're being played, because that's what a toy wants to be. They just want to be played with and, mm-hmm. and loved and everything else. So when kids are playing with them, that's their imagination. But the toys, for them, that's like euphoria mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So when they're going through all those adventures and everything, regardless of what characters they end up playing in those roles, they live for it. And that's what makes it all heartbreaking when we see just the remaining to- remaining toys in his chest, like when we go back to present day mm-hmm. and see that like Andy has all but sold so many of them off, mm-hmm. you know, including Bo Peep. Yeah. You know, and a few others and you know, like that whole thing where uh, you know, they end up going to Sunnyside daycare, they meet uh Ned Beatty as Lotso and Michael Keaton as Ken, you know, I mean, there's so many hilarious, memorable characters they introduced in that film as well. Yeah. You know, they gave Barbie an expanded role, you know, Jodie Benson. They did a great job with Barbie, I have to admit. That was yeah. a really nice, like, build-up for her. Yeah, and then with Ken, obviously. I mean, yeah. Michael Keaton. Yeah. I, 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 Love I know, Michael Keaton. I know people say Michael Keaton's comeback began with, like, Birdman. No, it came... Oh, his, hell yeah, it started with Toy Story 3. Yeah, it started with Toy Story 3. Sure, that was four years before Birdman, but still. He was also in The Other Guys, which I love him in The Other Guys. He <laughs> He's was, great he in that movie. He's the best in that. <laughs> he was great in that movie, yes. But like uh, like the voice actors that we bring in mm-hmm. uh, in there, the whole story at the daycare, how it basically turns into a prison escape movie. Oh, yeah, it's like which The Great Escape with take. toys. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they can't go Shawshank. That's a little <laughs> too dark for a Toy Story. Mm. You know, even though this movie does go dark, it it does. But it like gets in a really, really very family friendly way. Yeah, which is weird to say. Which is weird to say when you're literally with your loved ones as you're about to enter the furnace and die. Yeah, you know that's that's family friendly. Yeah, that, yeah. and I think that's where everybody yeah. cried. Well, that's where the tears start. Yeah, and then the tears just waterfall oh, when he gives oh, the toys away. Mm-hmm, yeah. you know, but like let's let's go over like, for me, I guess. I mean, we'll talk about the ending, obviously. Yeah. But, like, what I love about Toy Story 3, one of the things I love is uh, just 
how they really play into the factor like of coming of age and like not just with Andy's case but also what it means when you have to make transitions in life which mm-hmm. I say the three and four the themes that you see in those are about life changes mm-hmm. yeah when you find yourself there and it's like what am I gonna do you're at a crossroads mm-hmm. you're at fork or forky on the road <laughs> yeah you know so it's like oh man what am I gonna do like I, I have my folks here, but I also have to be committed to Andy. Like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And then um, wh- where it leads to, like, when, uh, when uh, you know, the toys and Lotso are stuck inside the dump, you know, when the, al- when the aliens go off, you know, and they see the claw and they, they just disappear, mm-hmm. it doesn't really cross your mind. Like, oh, my God, they're dead or yeah. something. Like, they're gone. And then um, you forget for a minute because you're so invested with the toys when they find themselves in the conveyor belt. Yeah. You know, like and when Slinky gets caught up in the magnets mm-hmm. uh, ceiling. And um, oh, oh, I just realized because with Ham, Ham doesn't have any like dispo- disposable thumbs or whatever. So he had to find a pan yeah. to get into to get up. And I was like, whoa, if that pan wasn't there, Ham's, t- Ham's dead. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was realizing. And then Rex, of course, he took forever to go up because Rex is Rex. Yeah. You yeah. know, but like uh, there's that. And then, of course, that whole scene where Lotso doesn't push the button to stop. Mm-hmm. They all fall into the incinerator. That's that's like that is like cinematic like iconography. Oh, yeah. that whole sequence. Oh, no, that, that will be that'll be taught years from now. Just because like that was a moment where you watched every main character come to terms with death. And yeah, that's something that you don't see a lot in kids' movies. You don't see that in like, most adult yeah. movies. Just like this moment of like all your characters, characters you've seen for like multiple movies, being like, "We're dying. We're ready to accept this." Yeah. And I will say it was. An, I think it was a really inspired choice for the re- for the team at Pixar to choose those specific. The, the specific characters that stayed in Andy's place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because, um, of course, you can't bring literally every toy back. Yeah. I mean, jo- Joe Ranth passed away. He voiced oh, yeah. Wheezy. Oh, you know, yeah. And the reason why Bo Peep wasn't in the story was because she's porcelain. She would have burnt immediately, like, on impact. Yeah. You know, she would have melted. Yeah. So that's why she's not a part of Toy Story 3. So um, when you see all of them together, like, s- like holding hands as they're about to accept their doom, you know, like, uh, like you see certain certain members of the team, they're just like, Okay, this is it, and everything else. You know, Woody, Woody's at the center of it all. Like uh, Buzz and, and Jesse have a thing, so they're together. The Potato Heads are together. You know, Rex, Slinky, Ham, their buddies, they're all yeah. together. And then the claw comes in, and it's like, oh, thank God. I mean, you had a sense something was gonna happen, but yeah. for like a split second, you let yourself. That, believe. That's the thing. I, I remember being in the theater, and like for a split second, just for a split second, but I'm like, I'm about to watch these toys die. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, Pixar's got some balls. Yeah. <laughs> movie ends, everyone's dead. Yeah, there there's a no, YouTube video no where somebody pranked uh, someone watching the movie on DVD, oh, and they cut the movie off there. That's mean. That's mean. That's it awesome. was a hilarious prank. <laughs> that's amazing. It is awesome. Oh, I'm going to do that but with then, my kids. I'm so going to do then, it with my kids. You are so Dude. cruel, Alan. But, like, what's great, though, is that, obviously, they end up making it back home on time. Mm-hmm. You know, the toys are about to go back into the attic, and then all of a sudden... Uh, Andy and his mom walk inside his room, which is now getting emptied as he's about to leave. Mm-hmm. It's all quiet, and then she realizes, man, my son's going off to college. He's growing up. What he realizes, wait a minute. Like, um, is it really worth just having them be in the attic and me go off with Andy and yeah. all those things? Then he writes that note real quick. And then um, Andy, of course, which is the ending that everybody also cries to, is uh, he takes it to Bonnie. Yeah. This little girl that Woody found on an adventure. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we, we thought, oh, it's just going to be a little adventure for him to go on. And then he just goes off. Yeah. But then he realized, no, this is a nice house. And um, this group of toys, which while Andy's room was like an office, they're like a theater troupe. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, Buttercup, uh, Mr. Pricklepants, and uh, Dolly, and all these other toys. Uh, 
Trixie, the Triceratops. All voiced by great people, too. Yes. Great, great. Oh, and how, how can we forget um, the clown? Uh, oh, Bud dude. Lucky. Oh. That dude. That was, that was some stellar acting. That oh, whole, like, yeah. backstory was, like, actually, I was like, damn, they got good writers. Yeah, like, with Big Baby and everything else. Like, Big Baby, Lotso, and... Um, you know, um, Chuckles the clown. They were all a trio together, like the favorite toys of this w- little girl Daisy. They get lo- they get left behind, which a lot of toys get left behind. And yeah. then um, what happens when you get replaced? Mm-hmm. And then how that affects Lotso and how he uses that and turns like Sunnyside into a prison, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, like um, they really do a good job differentiating each of these villains and having their own motivation, where you understand oh, yeah. where they're coming from. I think very complex. Yeah, I think all the villains, like because they're toys, they kind of have. You can see similarities as far as their motivations, but I think you also, especially with four, which we'll talk about later, I think you do see yeah. very stark differences in their ultimate like execution plan and just their overall kind of motivation. I think, well, again, there are similarities, but I do think there are some key differences. Absolutely, and when when he, it's not enough that she, he gives all the toys away. It's that each toy gets their own introduction to her. He has an, a little story for them. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes from Jesse and then Bullseye, you know, brings Rex out and he has a special time with each of them. You know, the Potato Heads, Slinky, Ham, the Aliens, and then of course Buzz. And you think, oh, this is all good. Everything's happy. And then all of a sudden, uh, Bonnie the sees the did. box. Yeah. <laughs> Bonnie sees the box. She's like, my cowboy. And that's the part where when you're, if you're in Andy's shoes, that's your favorite toy. He was your best friend when you were a little kid. But you see how she's like, I want him. He's like, how can you not give it to her? How can you not? As hard as it is. And that's the part for me where I I was bawling. Like, the way Randy Newman's music swept mm-hmm. through that whole mm-hmm. scene. And um, Well, and all the toys get their final playtime yeah, that's, with Andy. That's what they wanted. They just yeah. wanted one more one time to play time, with yeah. him. And as, like, I would have done the same thing. You know, I would have played with my toys one last time. Because once you reach a certain point, like, of coming of age, like, you reach college or high school, you kind of want to embrace that child childlike innocence again because it's gone yeah you want to embrace everything you can and for that last moment andy got a chance to play with his toys one more time when when um bonnie you know like mimes woody saying goodbye to andy it's like andy almost knew that woody was always there for him even if he didn't know that he was alive well and these films are really good at being an indicator for the death of what our generation would do as children, because like if you look at the next generation, it's all about oh, oh yeah, it's, just, it's all it's about electronics. They're all watching stuff. YouTube videos they, yeah, of Toy they, Story this toys. Was, these movies for us were the last like semblance of like having toys, really, because you don't yeah. really see that as I much. I mean, still kids still they do have toys, sure, but, but not like, they don't to hold the on to them. To, they're into, toys. Like, their high school yeah. area. They're, they're toys, but they're played by grown adults for five hundred bucks. So Toy Story Five is oh, going to be yeah. about a bunch of nerds playing with five hundred dollars <laughs> Star Wars action figures that they won't even let out of the box. I mean, yeah. Dis- I mean, Disney, I mean, they, they own so many properties, it's only a matter of time before Toy Story 5 introduces Marvel characters and yeah. Oh, yeah. Star Wars characters. They well, even get the actors to voice them. That would be awesome. <laughs> well, I, and I give them credit because, like, they, they uh, get the, the whole wheelhouse of toys. Like, they have mm-hmm. the little, little incy ones that were like, oh, it's, it's literally just for collectibles. They have the ones that are dolls. They have the Hot Wheels. Like, they have every type of toy. They have the action figure that we always wanted when we were yeah. a kid. You know? They really, like, hit every every note and you can see how those toys quote unquote operate in their day to day yes yeah and it's that whole thing and then of course like um the movie ends as perfect as you can get i think everybody who's seen that movie for the most part agrees like you should have ended it here everything else. Uh, initially mm-hmm. seeing, we'll get seeing into four in the trailer i was like guys why why yeah, i mean why? I'll, I'll watch it but why yeah. you know we'll get into four in a few short moments because i wanted to have you guys ever seen some of the shorts or like these specials they did yes, in between i have seen every single short and special yeah. 
Because um, they did like two shorts or three shorts, I think. One of them was Hawaiian Vacation, which was the best part of Cars 2. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. You know, where we're, um, Barbie and Ken, uh, it's around the holidays, and they come, they think they're going to go to Hawaii with Bonnie and her family, mm-hmm. but um, they end up going to her room instead. So the toys decide to throw together a Hawaiian vacation for them. Hilarious. I love that part where they're snorkeling, quote unquote. Yeah. And then they put the shark on, and then they scream, <laughs> and then Ham's like, ah, Shark Week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's some great little fun moments here and there that they have from that short. Mm-hmm. A few other shorts they had, there was Small Fry, which is like a kids toy of buzz comes over you mm-hmm. know buzz is part of like a support group of abandoned uh, happy meal toys basically yeah you know there's that and then um party Source rex which actually played before finding nemo when they released that in mm-hmm. theaters which is a fun little uh you know rex is like he he's you know rex he's always screwing things up for everybody <laughs> yeah you know but then he becomes the life of the party at the bathtub mm-hmm. <laughs> and it leads to a lot of chaos mm-hmm. you know those are those shorts but then there's two other holiday specials they did yes. uh toy story of terror which have you guys seen that yes i have i it's don't delightful. know if it's, i have you love it alan like it, it, it's a delightful and it, it's canon which is Ooh. i always applaud them when they make shorts canon and they like mean something like both yeah. all the specials and the shorts are canon like yeah. they're, they're not like and this is separate from like there's this there was this, these bumpers they had in the '90s Toy I, Story tunes. Yeah, they uh, I remember seeing those because when you buy uh, I think it was Toy Story one on Blu-ray. Yeah, they included all of them. They're pretty funny. They're bumpers, like they're not canon at all. Yeah, you know they're just fun because Buzz still thinks he's bu- like. What is it? Star Wars and, like the uh, extended universe and the uh, all the extra books? Like oh no, this yeah. is canon now. But like I can't wait till we get a prequel story. <laughs> but okay. Toy Story uh, of Terror is a Halloween special, so it's like a few of the toys: Buzz, Woody, and Jesse, Rex, uh, Potato Head, Prickle Pants. Trixie, I think those are the toys that we had. Uh, mm-hmm. They get, they go with Bonnie and her mom. They go on a trip, on a road trip, and uh, it really is Jessie's story. She's the main mm-hmm. character of that story. Yeah, and um, it deals with her fears of like um, being locked away mm-hmm. or like um, the dark. Yeah. And uh, it's a great theme for her, but um, it's it's really fun and uh, a great character that appears, which you actually see in Toy Story Four, but in a different version, is a uh, Combat Carl. Oh. oh. Yeah. Okay, that I remember. Okay, yeah, because I was remembering, because I remember Carl Weathers, he's in this movie. He's in 4, and I was yes. like, wasn't he in and something he, else before? That's yeah, right. he was in, yeah, he was in Toy Terrible. Story of Terror as yeah. as a giant combat Carl and a mini combat Carl. And, um, Much so, like G.I. Joe, and I yeah, love it. Yeah, and it's a fun 22-minute uh, special. Then there was another one that was Christmas, even though it's only Christmas because it takes place during Christmas, yeah. not because they're it's celebrating It's not really about it. Christmas at it's, all. It's called Toy Story That Time Forgot, where <laughs> it's when Bonnie goes on a play date with one of her friends, and he got a new collection of dinosaur toys mm-hmm. and it's it's just the toys having fun and it's not as good as toy story of terror but it's still delightful because it's just fun seeing for, the for a christmas special it's pretty good it's delightful in its own way it actually focuses more on trixie yeah this time around which i don't think got enough Kristen Shaw, yeah mm-hmm. who voices her voice of uh, mabel i think from uh, gravity yes. falls and uh louise from bob's burgers right 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 you know but yeah those specials are great but then we go into toy story 4 which um, we thought for a while before they announced it uh, they'll probably just do these tunes and specials which i was okay with yeah because yeah. it wasn't a fourth film oh when they officially announced it, I was scared. Yeah. I mean, I was... Look, here's the, here's the truth. You're going to put a Toy Story movie out, I'm going to see it. <laughs> yeah. I will always see it. But that's not going to stop me from being scared. Yeah. You know? And um, the movie was delayed for quite some time because um, Elephant in the Room, Pixar kind of went through a lot over the decade. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, like... Yeah. <laughs> They've been through a lot, and uh, whenever we, we praise the work of certain artists who have been revealed to be kind of unsavory in their ways, we're separating mm-hmm. that. We need to emphasize to yeah, the listeners yeah. there. So when we praise something, we're not necessarily praising the person, we're just praising the work that they put yes. together yeah. in the case of a certain someone there. But yeah. like um, with Toy Story 4, like it went through a lot of development periods because 
even though they're still credited, um, Rashida Jones and Will McCormick, mm-hmm. Rashida Jones, obviously, everyone knows from Parks and Rec and a few other projects, uh, they were tapped in to write the film. Yeah. And a lot of elements of the film was still intact, but apparently they rewrote three quarters of the script mm. because of the transition they did, because they left the project due to creative differences with Pixar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. You know, so they delayed the movie quite a bit. It was supposed to come out in 2017, then oh. delayed to 2018, but Incredibles 2 was ahead in production, so they pushed Incredibles 2 a year early and pushed Toy Story 4. Fantastic film, by the yeah. way. Which is yeah. funny, because when you hear uh, Brad Bird's take on that, because when they talk, he talked about how Toy Story 4 and Incredibles 2 essentially switched dates. And, yeah, uh, they did. <laughs> which, on one hand, you know, that gave Toy Story more time, but it also, for anybody who worked on Incredibles 2, uh, terrified them, because they were like, okay, the movie's working, it's working, it's coming along. Uh, guys... You got one less year to make this movie happen. And they're like, are you kidding me? What? We haven't even cracked the... Wait, what? And they're like freaking out. Obviously, yeah. it worked out. But there was that moment where even Brad Bird was like, um, we got one last year. We're screwed, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, it it turned out well. I actually really like that film a oh, lot. Like, I think it's too. a really good sequel. You know, like, uh, I know we'll go on to Pixar's decade of 2010s after we talk about Toy Story 4, which we're about to right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The trailers come out. I mean, I can't lie. Uh, I got. Ex- I just get excited seeing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just love those characters so much. Even if I was like, okay, I don't know where you're going here, but um, I'll give you a shot because you're still Toy Story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everything else. So um, the trailers come out. Like I know some people were mixed on some of them, but I thought, hey, it looks cute, and it could yeah. be something. I really like the teaser trailer. I thought that was a good way to go to like both sides now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because I uh, Hereditary, the end credits of the film Hereditary from uh-huh. Ari Aster, great horror film. Uh, I'll never watch it again. <laughs> uh, I actually I, never saw it. Oh, you'd, you'd enjoy it. Do you okay. like like great horror? It's a oh, 24 yeah. horror movie. It's a terrific, uh, d- like big, uh, I don't know if it's his debut, uh-huh. but uh, uh, Tony Collette's amazing in it, and uh, it's just a great, disturbing, yeah. gets under I, your skin. I've heard nothing but good things. It gets under your skin, and uh, Midsommar is his next film that okay. comes out in a few weeks, I believe. Okay. And um, the end credits, it plays both sides now. And mm-hmm. if you play the listen to the lyrics, that's basically about like mortality and like yeah. uh, sentience. And so when they played that in the trailer, I was kind of giggling a bit, like, what? Yeah. And then Forky comes up, you know, and it's like, what? And because originally they announced like, oh, the movie was going to be about Woody and Buzz trying to find Bo Peep. Yes, very yeah. early on. It was going to be an adventure for them. Like a while back, I think at like 2014. Because there have been yeah. like, when they announced a long time ago, we're going to do Toy Story 4. And very early on, their pitch was this is going to be about Bo Peep, and it's going to be about. And their they said it. And they said it was going to be a standalone sequel. That mm-hmm. was what they were pitching it as, mm-hmm. not necessarily a continuation yeah. of Toy Story. Of the trilogy, but just a standalone story, which is was weird in retrospect when you think about it. So of course they went through a lot of changes with like all the stuff drama going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. That was a, um, that's a factor of yeah. it, but there was other elements too. Well, if I can add a little bit, on, I suppose we'll talk about the director of this movie, Josh Cooley. Uh, which interesting yeah. little story because there's an article that the LA Times ran about him. Uh, this guy was 15 when he saw the first Toy Story in theaters, which is cool though. I'm sure that made I'm sure that made a lot of the old guard working on this movie feel their age. Like this guy was 15. When we made our first movie, and now he's directing this one. Um, but no, he, he's he been working at Pixar for a while. He's He was a storyboard guy for, like, Up and Incredibles and all that kind of stuff. Inside Out. He yeah, directed he, the short film yes. Riley's First Date, which is included on the Inside Out Blu-ray. And he was, was originally, uh, originally going to be a co-director on this one. It was going to be directed by... the Yeah, by, by yeah Lassiter. Lassiter. By yeah. Lassiter. But then we know and what then, happened. Yeah. Well, what happened was, actually, Lassiter left directing before... Before yeah. all that Before controversy it came up, he, yeah. He left the project as a director, 
like in the summer it was like okay i'm gonna focus on my executive stuff so josh cooley had to step up take all over of a sudden and i think even like late 2017 again that's like what less than two years from yeah. now even back then they're like hey look uh we got a script don't be afraid to throw a bunch of stuff out we're still very much in flux which i always find fascinating about animated movies like the process how like these things can take years and years and years and yet like i mentioned with toy story 2 so much can happen in like at you know the last few miles and it's really yeah, production was five years for this one mm-hmm. it took him five years to to create the whole thing like from pre to post yeah. and uh, f- through that like uh josh cooley coming in instead of it being an adventure of woody and buzz trying to find bo peep uh the bo-, bo peep was still a part of the story and is instrumental to it but um i think when they rewrote three quarters of the script as they said I think Forky was a new addition in the yeah. rewrites. I think so, I don't know if I that's true much about him. And I think he came because in, like, he wasn't announced until late in the game. So I feel like Forky was pretty new. Because when that teaser, that first teaser dropped, they had a synopsis with it, and it was about Forky. Yeah. And I was like, wait, where's Bo Peep? I was yeah, wondering what like, happened to that. They, did they abandon it or they just repurposed it? And I was like, they probably repurposed it, and then they released new mm-hmm. stuff with Bo Peep in there with the new design, and everything else, yeah. Annie Potts coming back. That was nice. Yeah. So um, so the movie's coming out and everything else and. I was getting excited, obviously, because it's a new Toy Story film. It was getting decent buzz, and every buzz, yeah. <laughs> decent buzz, and uh, you know, so I got pretty excited about it. If you hear anything in the background, uh, you might uh, hear uh, my parents or my sisters. By the way, just uh, be warned. Um, by the way, if uh, mom or dad, if you're here, if that's you, uh, I'd up. recommend you leave because you haven't seen the movie yet, and we're gonna spoil it soon. So uh, some warning if they if they're there they might not even be there yeah. <laughs> but like talking to ghosts but um so I got to see the movie and um you hear so much because uh, Hanks and Alan they talked about how the the finale was gonna be very emotional in a lot of ways so people speculated naturally and everything oh I was else expecting like Logan with Woody the way they were talking about it. oh yeah. Hanks is like oh man my last day I could barely make it through man I'm like yeah are they gonna Alan kill you and I were joking toy? that they're gonna kill my man yeah they're I, gonna kill I, my that's boy that's what I was thinking especially when they had that first poster with Woody but it was like all grainy and him like tipping his head I'm like this looks like Logan are they gonna like fry him well, again yeah well we're gonna emphasize this first we're gonna go spoiler free first when we talk yeah. about the film let me give you my thoughts i i did a review on the film a video my first video review in a long like four years basically and i'm pretty excited that mm-hmm. it was toy story 4 that brought me back mm-hmm. and um i must say like leaving the film i i was very emotional obviously mm-hmm. but i was very happy because mm-hmm. i just felt like oh they actually did it this is on par with the other three films and in a lot of ways it expands on the themes in ways i did not expect it to expand upon themes that i think i needed to hear now mm-hmm. as a fairly getting closer officially graduating college yeah because there's themes in this movie that um even though it doesn't go real time in the time jump because it's been nine years yeah wow nine years since toy story 3 so it's probably been like maybe a year or two yeah since not then very long. that's probably like two and a half years or so probably is my guess bonnie's probably just two years old well no she's in like kindergarten know. when this movie starts off so it could have couldn't have been more than like a year or so yeah maybe I think it's like a year or two. Could have been maybe. Because like when they opens up, they're still getting used to Bonnie's place, kind of. So I think there's still... Yeah. I don't think it's very much time has passed. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because when I see those Toy Story tunes, I think a bit of time, like a couple months have passed. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so I'm, I'm guessing maybe a year or two is the cap. Yeah. You know, that's that's how I see it. more than that, it's getting, re- it's getting Spider-Man yeah. homecoming levels. Of, like, <laughs> it's been up. eight a years little... since Toy Story 3, and Bonnie is still in <laughs> kindergarten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like that's, that's the thing. Like, um... Going into it, you know, like getting naturally excited, and um, right from the opening scene, which we'll get into in the spoilers specific. Oh, 
Oh. It hits you immediately. Oh, immediately. it gives you no time to breathe. It immediately, but They're for like, you one, thought this I was, was just a game. For one, <laughs> can we just talk about how incredible the animation is in this movie? Oh yeah, See, the rain effects were that, phenomenal. That rain felt like showing off because, like, right, like, okay, we're gonna start <laughs> yeah. off the movie in the dark, in the rain, with an action scene. I'm like, y'all are just showing off. This is crazy. And again, Toy Story, it's not like. Toy Story isn't like something like a Wally or some upwards like look at we're in space or some exotic yeah. location. It's the suburbs. It's toys. Toys. And yet yeah. you keep finding these spots that are like, damn, this is just beautiful, beautifully done and just technically just awe-inspiring. Again, when you look at the scale of the movie, it's not very big. It's like one little podunk town, but it looks incredible. Stunning. Mm. Yes, absolutely stunning right from the beginning, but throughout the film, not only just from the animation, but also the way it uses lighting. Mm. Oh, yeah. The way the lighting is used in this film, we're oh. talking about the technical aspects first. Um, the way, like, it reminds you of films from, like, the 50s and 60s, the way they use, like, lighting in terms of trying to set the mystery Which was very up. intentional. Like, I read how, like, especially when they animated Bo Peep, they specifically, like, looked at stuff, like, how they lit, uh, uh who the hell was the lady in Casablanca? All of a sudden, I'm blanking. <laughs> Why am I? Oh, yeah, yeah, Ingrid yeah. Bergman? Yeah, yeah, uh, I think so. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they look. It looks specifically like how they lit actresses from like the 30s and 40s for inspiration for how they like shot Bo Peep. It was actually very yeah, interesting getting, from a technical standpoint. Just from the lighting, how it gets you emotionally. Like without getting into too much, there's a scene where Woody turns around and light comes up, oh, and you oh, realize yeah. like, yeah. And it's with the music as well. It's like whoa. Wow, you feel it instantly just from the visual storytelling of it. Mm. You know, I mean, technically, Pixar, I think this might be the most beautiful looking film. Mm-hmm. Which makes you know? sense since yeah. they've had X amount of Which films. is also well, emotionally think, resonant think, yeah. with the fact that it's the fourth Toy Story film. How fitting. We began this yeah. decade with a Toy Story movie and we mm-hmm. end this decade with a Toy mm-hmm. Story well, movie. Well, and also, you know? just to animation wise, it's, it, it's interesting and say what you will about them doing sequels, but I think kind of the fun with sequels, and this is why one of the reasons I enjoyed Incredibles too, is that when you do a sequel, it really highlights just how much the animations improved like when you see characters you're used to seeing this way and then you see like oh we we know we know these characters we love them but we're gonna make them even better like when you saw incredibles 2 yeah. it's like yeah the acting's even better the characters are even better the and energy it, yeah. yeah and that's the benefit of toy story it's like movie by movie you see these characters that you thought were like already perfectly done but like they find all these new little nuances whether it be in the voice recording or the acting or just these little bits where you're like wow they really like improved on a classic there and it must be stressed also, sorry Skylar, but it must be stressed. This movie, I mean this whole story of all four movies, it, Woody's the main character, but this really is a Woody movie. Oh Absolutely. yeah, this, this definitely. This is his story. It's his, cool. it's really his arc and it, in a lot of ways it really showcases where, how far he's come and how you thought his arc in Toy Story 3 was where it ended, but you realize in retrospect, well it makes sense why they did it fourth mm-hmm. in expanding his story because like there's still stuff that not only for Woody to learn, but for audiences the target audiences to learn as well, well because mm-hmm. these movies yeah. grew up with us mm-hmm. well something interesting right and again we'll get into it more but i think the reason everybody connected with toy story 3 and the ending and why everybody thought that was the ending is because it felt like okay andy's relationship with the toys here is done it's hit its natural conclusion and that's why toy story 3 hits so well but then you kind of realize well that was the ending to andy's story but the toys themselves they haven't quite had their conclusion at least internally like their relationship with andy is over but they still have a lot to do that's why when you watch this one you're like okay yeah woody's relationship with andy is over but you still see he still has a story and he still has an arc 
has yeah. a crisis of his own. So Skylar, like, how about you? Do you have anything to say before we go into the spoilers? Uh, I just wanted to uh, wheel back to the point about sequels, and I think Pixar does it really well, is that it doesn't hold your hand and try to reintroduce you to everybody, because sometimes sequels mm. can have that problem. Oh, where yeah. They go, hey, by the way, here I am again, and it's like, no, 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 this movie doesn't hold your hand. If you saw the last one, you know how Woody is. You yeah. know where he's at currently, oh, yeah. and we get to see his progression, and that's what I think one through four, mm-hmm. Woody is a is a whole person like he's yes. a person who has things that he, he grows wants to do. yeah he grows internally and everything else you know and in a lot of ways like woody really is one of the greatest characters i wouldn't even just say animation maybe in like modern cinema but uh, yeah especially considering where he went in this fourth film like i really oh, feel man. happy to see the end and go man. how mature it really goes and everything else yeah. like it, let's just say, like overall, like the movie, I just thought it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a wonderful, and, uh, heartfelt, yes. hilarious, emotional. In a lot of ways, it might be the funniest of the movies. Oh, I'd say it's with, the like, funniest. Some like, of the, this got some yes. hard laughs. Let's let's me. talk about some of the new characters. Like, I mean, Bo Peep comes back and she's great. Yeah. She's obviously awesome. like I love her. I love Bo Peep. In this she's movie. a badass. And, uh, she's a badass. And also, again, animation wise, there's an interesting article from Washington Post where actually development wise, there's actually a team on the movie of entirely women artists, whether it be in story or animation, Amen. Or whatever. I think they eventually called themselves, like, Team Bo, whereas, like, this group of women who are like, we love Bo Peep, and we're really going to make sure we see her story through and really make sure she shines. Because when you look at Bo Peep in 1 and 2, she's very much defined by her relationship with Woody and all of her yes. with Woody. And even 3, when you find out that Wo- when that Bo Peep is gone, it's to... it's Your immediate thing is to see Woody... Oh, Bo Peep is gone. That's it. Yeah. It's all about, Bo, it's all about Woody's kind of reaction. But I think yeah. even from the opening and the choice, you know, well, you see choices made in the opening, you can tell Bo is very much a stronger character. She's again, you know, say what you will about, you know, some people. I know people love to complain about, you know, <laughs> and I'm sure the people. No, don't get about, me started, man. Oh yeah, and not to don't get, into get all me that, started. The, the SJWs <laughs> they forced Bo Peep into. Oh my goodness, Mary yeah. Sue. Don't get us started. We'll, um, <laughs> Um, but oh no, you God. see, it's she ridiculous. feels very fully formed, and you know she still has her relationship with Woody, but she feels much more fully formed, much more independent, and really much more interesting. Like the second she comes on, again, even before you find out how much of a badass she becomes, just seeing some of the choices she made, it's like, wow, she's really, she, she's just much more interesting and fully formed this time around. Yeah. So anything about you like to say about Bo Peep, real quick? Yeah, Spoiler I was free, gonna obviously. say, and this goes back to unfortunately the SJW conversation is that <sighs> I hate I like that so I like that Bo Peep <laughs> She was in other films, and so the change in the progression she's made mm-hmm. feels earned and natural. That That's the same reason why, and I don't think it deserves as much hate, but that's why I don't think Captain Marvel worked as well. Is because like yeah. she just came out already like, I'm amazing. And I it's get like, that. I, it, Bo Peep had time to like, we got to know her and really get to know her, and, see, and even the little bit of the flashback in the beginning. Yeah. It gave her way more character. That way, Absolutely. the leap doesn't didn't seem as such a big one. Also, what I, I found really great about what they do when she comes back is that it's very realistic and um, true. When it, what happens when you reunite with somebody, whether it's an old friend, maybe even an old flame mm-hmm. that you haven't seen in so many years, and you yeah. always wondered. Maybe so, social media, sure, but maybe they don't have social media. Like, yeah. wait, whatever happened to them? You always wonder. And then that, what happens when you do run into them again? They're a completely different person. That casual coffee shop running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was actually the subject of the short film I made yeah. <laughs> earlier this semester, which mm-hmm. will eventually be released. But uh, that, it's, it's kind of funny, though, because it's like you meet somebody or you reunite with somebody, whether it's an old friend or an old flame, and it's like they've changed so much because seven years or nine years which is I like believe the they say it's been seven years since they've seen for Bo her Peep. yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, something around that line. But like, it's like that's a long time, mm-hmm. and you change. I I've changed yeah. since Toy Story three. I, I'm not just because I grew up like in age, but also what I've seen, just what I've dealt with are in life. The way like, you look uh, at the world is all different. Yeah, and the people you meet. That's what's indicative of the story. Is like you meet. It's all your old friends, your new friends, and what happens when they're all together in some way, mm-hmm. what paths you want to take. It's really Woody's story by the end of the day. But let's also talk about some of the newer side characters, not side characters, but like new characters that we are introduced to. Forky is probably the biggest yes. new one. Yes, Forky. I loved him the moment he came on screen. Instantly. Tony Hale, which is the most perfect casting in the world. Yeah, he was, he was a great person to pick. It, it feels like Buster I mean, as a toy. <laughs> yes, yes it does. I am a monster. I am a, is a, trash. I am a monster. Trash. I am yeah, a trash I was, monster. I was joking. Like, I mean, Tony Hale is perfect for it, but my second choice would have been Danny DeVito. Trash. Oh, Danny DeVito. Trash. The trash, the trash man. The trash man. Danny DeVito man. could be every character. I do not care. He could voice every Toy Story character. Yes. Let's, I'd watch that movie. Oh, you got you know, a friend like, me. Yeah. Re, re, re-release Detective Pikachu with the Danny DeVito yes. cut. That's all the I'm Danny, saying. <laughs> release the DeVito cut. The DeVito cut. Man. But, but, but like with Forky, like he, in a lot of ways, he's kind of the central... His existence and he's his character... He's the MacGuffin, yeah. But he's also kind of like... In some ways, he's almost the heart of the movie and yeah. the spirit of the movie because, Absolutely. I mean, Forky memes have been dominating Twitter lately mm. after the movie got he's released because uh, yeah. he's a legend and in a lot of ways he's almost like reflective of a millennial sense of humor yeah. of like we're oh, all yeah. trash and we all want to die. There's a scene, there's literally a scene where Woody and Buzz are, t- oh, no, I mean, sorry, Woody and Forky are talking about being a toy in the existence and Forky's like, I don't want to be a toy. Well, too bad. It's what you are. And I'm like, that feels exactly what everybody says. Like, well, I didn't ask to be born. Like, this feels uncanny. Yeah. <laughs> Just that oh, like, man. I didn't ask to be here. The best line is where he's like, well, I'm trash. And he's all happy about it. I'm like, damn. That's, that's, Twitter. that's Twitter in a nutshell. And, or when he tells Woody when they're talking, like, hey, Woody, I get your problem. You're just like me. You're trash, trash. too. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oof. I was like, oh, oof. man. And I could tell, like, every person like our age in the audience was just kind of like oh my goodness mm-hmm. so uh, when you saw the movie did you guys see it in a theater was it a yeah. lot of kids a lot of there were, like, there were definitely the some kids there kids. you know it was okay. it, there was a good amount of kids i mean a, a lot of these people our parents are close to our age maybe yeah. in their 30s they mm-hmm. grew up on those movies so they showed them those movies mm-hmm. which i intend to do whenever i have kids like in 30 years <laughs> but <laughs> like uh but uh but like it was a delightful experience there. Uh, I mean, other characters, you know, Key and Peele voice Ducky and Bunny. Yeah, which I, I'm gonna be real. While I love them in there, feels really weird. It feels like, oh my gosh, there's Key and Peele in this movie. For I some get reason. that. I get that. It works. But they yeah, have some of the. They do have some of the funniest moments. Oh, yeah. I, As I'll a child, the they're your favorite. Oh Came yeah, and uh, they have the funniest running joke in the movie. Like, and when you see the movie, you'll Dude, and we'll talk about oh it. Oh my gosh! It oh gets gosh. it gets crazier and oh, crazier with their it. joke. Well, uh, I like that they're connected to. That's very. It's yeah. It's a nice little. Pixar bit of, does a great. Yeah. It's a nice yeah, little bit theming. of physical animation there. I really like. Yeah. Yeah, Pixar they does a great job. Like, and they introduce like the different, like you said, like they, they run the gamut of what kind of toys we see, like mm-hmm. in this carnival, which is the bulk of where this movie takes place. Mm-hmm. And so we see them; they're tied to a prize wall. They just want to be one. They've yeah. been there for three years, I think, and mm-hmm. then they get caught up in this adventure with a few of the our beloved heroes and also new characters. Um, there's this little toy, Allie McDimples, I think is her name. Yeah, something like that. She's like a little G- giggle McDimples. Giggle McDimples. Sorry, Allie. Yeah, Allie Mackey is the actress's yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, but like, uh, and she she's like Bo's. 
she was Bo's, like, let's say, like, you go off to college and you make a new friend and she becomes your best friend. Yeah. It's like that old friend, like, she, that, mm-hmm. that, that's that kind of dynamic. Yeah. It's, you your, know? it's your new bro. She's delightful. And, uh, like, I like her uh, relationship with Bo. And, um, I mean, Keanu Reeves is having the best summer yes. ever. Oh, yeah. Like, he's, Dude, he's Duke Kaboom. Duke Kaboom. And, like, we see. I mean, yeah. he's, yes, I, Canada. Oh my goodness! By by the way, I shout out to Pixar for going. Hey, did you guys see John Wick? Did you see Keanu? Because we're doing it again, and I'm like, man, they they really did it to us. Yeah, they, they brought they, all three of them. The, all uh, did you guys see the footage of him recording? Oh yeah, yes, yes dude, absolutely studio, hilarious. Like, oh man, I watched a whole movie of this. Just um, kaboom, huh? Yeah, huh? Oh yeah, because that's one of the yeah. things uh, Josh Cooley, the director, talked about how like when they were pitching. Keanu the movie and Keanu just gets so excited he literally like starts jumping on the table and doing like the pose and like huh I'm dude kaboom huh huh and they're like yeah yeah absolutely we found him he he felt like he really wanted to be there and I think that sometimes with animated movies you you can tell the people who want to be there and people who don't apparently when they found uh they were because they they already knew it was gonna be a Canadian uh, actor to voice it but they didn't want to see the faces to who, Mm -hmm. who they were looking at so they've Found Keanu's voice, but they didn't know who was his voice. Yeah. Really fit it, and they thought that was perfect. And they found it was Keanu Reeves. Like, oh my goodness, perfect casting. And then he's hilarious. He's a riot. And there's this really sad, back, quote unquote, sad backstory <laughs> yeah, he has. Like, I, I give a huge credit to Pixar for going, yeah, we need to make a sad backstory in 30 seconds. Go. And like, they're like, bam, here you go. It, in a lot of ways, the theme is about, like, Woody, Buzz, uh, when they reunite with Bo Peep and they meet all these other toys, in a lot of ways, they're broken toys. Yeah. Like, not, not necessarily, like, um, physically broken, but, like, broken emotionally. Mentally, like because all human beings they have, are. they've had a tragedy of their own to deal with. I mean, I'm, I love the movie. Uh, if I had one issue, it's a nitpick, really, is that mm. you don't see as much as the of the other toys as much. You, you, Jesse, Jesse and the rest of them are all kind of in the background. Which is kind of yeah. surprising. I kind of thought Jesse would join Buzz and yeah. Woody. Especially the subject matter. I would have liked, I would have, I would have like that but it, it wasn't the focus of the story i yeah, get it yeah i yeah. get it think, it's, again, it's woody's it's story so focused on woody's arc i think the others do get a little you bit push it and if you had to and if you had to bring anybody back you have to bring buzz in there obviously yeah. because yeah. it's there's their relationship is the center of the of all four mm-hmm. of the movies which his side plot was also still pretty interesting yeah yeah i was excited yeah. to see what he was going with like I think the whole all, thing which we'll get into I think specifically of all the this is actually my favorite little subplot for buzz i think i found that yeah really like oh there was a funny joke that they have for him but like overall i'd say we all definitely really had a good time with this film we yeah. enjoyed it it's mm. very heartfelt now we're gonna get into spoilers okay and cool. awesome. if you have not seen the movie leave now, now is the time trust us trust us on us leave so the beginning of the so film. they all die <laughs> yeah they all die back in the incinerator <laughs> they all die <laughs> yeah they all bonnie bonnie goes on bonnie. a rampage <laughs> yes she she goes she goes ham and all of them Oh. Not ham the piggy bank, but yeah. you know. But like, okay, so the actual opening scene of the movie takes place nine years before mm-hmm. the present day, and we're back to Andy as a young kid. He comes back inside. It's, it was pouring outside. Yeah. But they he leaves behind RC oh. in Which the flooding rain. Which was great to see him again. Yeah. Oh yeah, and bad. how incredible did he look? Oh, he looked great. I that felt like you could scene, touch him. I was I was on the edge of my seat going. Don't do Are this they going to kill RC? I'm like, don't do this to me. Don't, Is that don't, what happened? Don't let him away. I'm, I'm going to be sad. Yeah, but then, so it's like a rescue mission. We see Bo in action. We yeah. see three the three Barbies helping out. You know, Jesse's in the action. That whole animation thing. To think of yeah. Toy Story 1, where, like, they ha- the toys are having a stiff conversation, and then yeah. you look at this one, where yeah. they're doing flips it's and all stuff. All the nuances yeah. and all the little, you know, Absolutely. And the then, so it's a rescue mission. Slinky helps Woody out like an old good dog would. And then... You know, they rescue RC, thank God. But then all of a sudden, the window closes, 
on Woody, and then of course Bo is taken away. She's bought by a new owner for a mm-hmm. new girl. Mm-hmm. Woody tries to save her, but Bo's like, "Sorry, no, I'm not Andy's toy. It's time for the next kid." And and instantly it just hit you in the heart. I mean, yeah. you knew it was it's coming. A bit. First, I mean, yeah. well, first of all, the acting, both voice and actual animation, are wonderful. I think it's just one of those lovely little subtle nuanced scenes where you, you can really tell they're like. Again, and you could just really he, just see how much they really get the soul of these characters. And it sets up Woody's arc and what he's been... And it actually makes you look back at Toy Story 3 and realize, oh, he's carried a lot more yes. baggage. That's the thing. It, it makes that bit in Toy Story 3 a lot more inf- impactful. Because when you realize he had this moment... He technically had a sh- shot to go with her, but the fact that he saw he her probably go, thought of, Not only did he see he her He thought go, of Bo probably when he was in the incinerator. Mm-hmm. He's like, I wonder where Bo's up yeah. to these days. I hope yeah. she's doing all right. Well, but and also, then, like this... But like we talked about earlier, I also love that scene because I thought it was going to be like, oh, Bo would get taken away. Like, no, Bo. But you see Bo, she makes this very clear choice where she's like, no, yeah. this is what I want. I'm no longer and Andy's toy. I got to go find my purpose. She is a strong female in all Absolutely. that she does. Absolutely. And she gives Woody the option to come mm-hmm. with her. And he considers it. But then oh, yeah. he hears Andy's like, he considers he it. can't leave. Yeah. But no, he still and knows then, he has his job to do, so he stays. Can we talk about how beautiful that opening credit sequence was, though? Mm. Oh, where yeah. we see Andy like after Bo was given away, and yeah. then Andy starts playing with the toys like he did back then, and mm-hmm. it's the transitions they use mm-hmm. through it. Oh, yeah, I yeah. think the way the use of "You Got a Friend in Me." And what's weird about this movie is that even though it's set after he's given the toys to Bonnie, we get to think about and actually reference when ever, all the other toys were gone. Well, Woody's like, "Yeah, I was there at the beginning. Like, oh, yeah. I've been there the whole time." And you yeah. go, "I didn't think about that." And you like, you feel the weight of that. You really do. Like, yeah, kind of absolutely. Time, you're like. Wow, he really, you know, he's like an old soul who's seen it he's all. He's lived a life. Yeah. He's yeah. lived a life, and he's dealt with all of that, like mm-hmm. the trials, tribulations. These toys saw a lot in their yeah. lives. Yeah. And Done I do a lot like, more than a lot of these humans really probably like, will do. Um, how, like, obviously Andy's, you know, Andy's not in it, and, you know, their relationship with him is done. But I really, because I thought they weren't going to reference him, but I really like that, I don't want to say the ghost of Andy, but Andy still is a presence. Like, you can yeah. tell. Oh, yeah. Before he I, even mentions, I don't think Woody's gotten over Andy. Like, you could still. Oh, man. Still, oh, yeah. That's still oh, man. For, that for, for that, like, basically rebirth character to go, yeah, I don't think you're over Andy. It was pretty powerful. Yeah. Because how many times have you been told that by a friend of yours when you bring up, like, maybe someone you had a falling out with or mm-hmm. a breakup with, yeah. and it's like two years since that happened, and it's like, wait, I know you're talking about it, and people talk about stuff all the time, but... Mm-hmm. Are you really over it? Yeah. yeah. Are because you? again, and it's not just yeah. Because yeah. three, because three suggests oh, it was a nice little bow, and you know Woody and the gang moved on happily, but you can see that Woody it it changed Woody. You can tell he did lose something that day. I mean, it was a nice yeah. ending, but you could tell it took a toll on him. Well, and I appreciate stories that like as you said reference old characters without having to like force them in, and this happens a lot, and especially like video games. And one of my mm. favorite video games. Uh, the Walking Dead Telltale series. Right, like, yeah. Lee Lee was the main character. You don't see him ever again, but he's still such an integral part of that story. Yeah, just I appreciate, Yeah, I appreciate yes. it when that is used in any sort of yeah. storytelling where you know that the heart is there. So we see the movie. The movie begins, you know, and the toys have just gotten – still getting used to it, but they're, they're pretty part happy. of Bonnie's room now. Yeah. But then all of a sudden we realize – Oh, Woody's gonna be part of it. No, no, he's not. She removes the badge and then puts it on Jesse, and then Woody's just left in the closet with Melifant oh. Brooks. Oh, that's and did, right. you, did you see the voice cameos, by the yeah, way? Yeah, oh, yeah. I heard, I heard Bitey, Mel Brooks, and I was Paul like, yes. Bitey White. Yeah. Uh, who else was in that? Uh, Paul Reiner, Mel Brooks, Betty White. Carl Rhinoceros. Oh, whole, whole gallery of old people. Yeah, I will say this. they're abandoned toys. I will say this about the scene. Uh, I love the movie, and I think it doesn't negate Toy Story 3 in any way we feared. I think it enhances it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Except. 
the one thing that makes me laugh. Remember how at the end of Toy Story 3, it was like you mentioned, it was such a big deal when he gives Woody to Bun. Yeah. He's like, no, oh, I'm going to let I know Woody exactly go. Going I get that. You can have it. And then all of a sudden, she, in this movie, she's just like, throw him in the closet. No. Like, yeah. screw well, him. And you're like, it, eh, that was a big deal on Indy's part to give him. Sure. Just like, no, throw him in the closet. But here, like, here's where I would reply with the response. My, my response to that thing is that. When you're a kid, your mind and favorites change immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like oh, Woody may have meant something to Bo- to to Andy, but maybe she, he meant something to Bonnie too. But Bonnie ends up getting new favorites. I mean, you get a cowgirl, yeah. and you're a little girl, and it's like you're a cowgirl. You're you're, you sh- you're my favorite. You but know. Then I have a question things. for you because, like in the in the story, it says like, oh, he hasn't been picked the last three times. I think. Yeah. Do you think that's enough time for Woody to justify like? I'm not wanted here. Yeah. Well, I think that's just a factor in what he's been feeling throughout like uh, that time where it's like, even when you think I'm I'm feeling great, I'm actually enjoying, I'm pretty sure he enjoyed his time, but it's just that there's also other things that he, he doesn't realize he wants, which leads into the whole journey after he doesn't realize Forky is going to change his life forever. Mm -hmm. Like inadvertently when she goes to kindergarten Mm -hmm. and then he gets all that literal trash that boy just threw in the trash, gets the spork, the pipe cleaners and everything else. She creates him. Puts him in the and it gives it makes her happy because she hated that first day she didn't yeah. she wasn't which happy. we can all relate to kindergarten oh. you know and then she puts Forky in the bag and Woody's like man what a day like I can't believe him talk to a spork and then all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. he comes alive, he comes oh, alive. Yeah. so much it's like a Frankenstein bit oh yeah I and that brings me like I love Forky and I love his role I am a little shocked and pleasantly shocked that in all the promotional material it really made it seem like existentialism Forky doesn't want to be a toy yeah. that is immediately picked up and dropped almost. yeah like it's like it's trans- oh, I'm cool. if anything it's transferred to Woody yeah it yeah. really that is but no, you see it's I think it's interesting yeah. how you see Forky for, and this is a nice moment where like he's talking about no I'm trash I'm trash I, I just I need to go in the trash I'm trash but then oh, yeah. he has this moment where Woody's talking to him and he's like you know when Bonnie's with you that she feels that she feels the same way you do when you're in the trash. She feels warm and safe. And all of a sudden, like Forky has a moment. Where he's, he literally says, "Oh, I get it." Like he finds his purpose. He's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm trash for somebody else." And it's this yeah. nice little bit of I almost want to say empathy, but you kind of yeah. see like you kind of see a toy's kind of purpose in life kind of click. And again, yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah, and then. Okay, so um, they go on this road trip, on an RV trip, and then uh, all of a sudden, as every Toy Story movie goes, <laughs> someone gets missing, and someone goes off, and that leads Woody to jump out of a moving vehicle and try to solve this adventure of his own. You know, Buzz has his own adventure. Buzz has his inner voice. He Is takes that it literally. Inner voice joke, I really like that, because, like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hit, it leads to so many good comedic bits, and it's yeah. also it makes you think about Buzz and all the other yeah. movies, and you go, you realize, yeah, he's there and he's an important part, but he never was like the leader. It's always yeah. Woody yeah. planning. Where and he going. and he realized it was okay. He was okay with that because yeah. he was like, look, I'm just gonna be here. I'm gonna give the moral support for my best friend yeah. and for my girlfriend and all that because she's a part of it too. Mm-hmm. And then you know, so that that's a fun part. But then of course, Woody's journey takes an incredible turn when he sees the antique shop. He sees the lamp. That music bit, I got emotional. I mean, I knew it was coming, but it was like, man, you feel it. Because what happens if someone who you thought you would never see again, especially someone you loved, mm-hmm. the potential to reunite with them again, that's like irresistible. Then they go inside the antique shop, a lot of horror elements, a nice shout out to The Shining with that oh, needle yeah. drop. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, and, and, and all the promotional material, when they showed the, those bits in the antique shop, yeah. I really thought they were going to repeat themselves. Yeah. At, like with Toy Story 2, like, oh, I should just like be a fixture. Yeah. That. They didn't do that at all, and no. I really appreciate yeah. that. They really did new things, and I. I oh, they did, shocked. especially with who you think was going to be the antagonist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Although, which. which 
Yeah. Can I say about this NFT shop? Well, I think again for such a small space, I think they do a lot of really clever things environmental with that space. Um, again, as somebody pointed out, it's funny how Child's Play came out this weekend, <laughs> but this is still the scarier movie involving toys because that whole I still everything need to see in that store freaked the hell out of me. Those oh, yeah. dummies, the way they walk, mm. was smart. No, was the it was bad. It I'll, was I'll bad. tell you what. There's a point where they do a jump scare with those uh, dolls, and again, I'm uh-huh. in a theater filled with kids. And I still let oh, yeah. I, I let out some explosives. I was like, what? No. no. And, I, I and then just, they and when they cut off kids. their screams, they cut <laughs> it off perfectly. Yeah. You know, like interrupting it. And then mm-hmm. what I found what I love though is like uh you know how the, the dummies, when you see them, the reason why you don't hear them talk is because they only talk when someone's puppeteering yeah, them. Yeah, and I, I mm-hmm. like that detail. Which is also interesting because originally Woody was gonna be a dummy. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, when you look at He was still a cowboy. Art. You know, but I like that choice of like uh, making them scary in their own way. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, like they can't talk, and it especially freaks Forky out. <laughs> you know, and then so of course you know Forky gets separated. You know, Woody gets on, and then all of a sudden, like you know, the other toys in the RV are worried. You know, they have to find ways to stall. Oh, poor Dad! By the way, <laughs> poor <laughs> Dad. Yeah, poor, the dude, voice by the... Jay Hernandez, which I didn't realize. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I forget what's the the pony's name, the toy pony. Uh, uh, the one that the Jeff Garland plays. I yeah. forget the name. But Buttercup. Unicorns? Yeah, okay. Buttercup. the one the one that's like, let's send dad to jail. <laughs> that that was one of the funniest. <laughs> it was out of nowhere. Dad None of the kids laughed. I I was laughing because I'm like, that toy wants to send that that guy to jail. That's weird. <laughs> that's just, such an adult thing. It's to just think bizarre about. and everything else. Like the movie. This is the weirdest of all four of them. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, it it's embraces it in different ways. It has interesting senses of humor through all the old and new characters we're introduced to. I think it's definitely in the humor where you can kind of see the bridge generation-wise where, like, yes, there's a lot of the old guard, but you know there's, like, a not just Josh Cooley, the director, but, like, a lot of young people. I think you definitely see, not modern to the point where it feels pandering, but I think you, humor-wise, definitely, I think you definitely get A lot more modern, but in a way that still feels Toy Story. passing of the torch. It still feels like Toy Story, you know? And, um, you know, like, uh, Buzz ends up getting caught in attacked to the prize wall where Key and Peele's characters Ducky and Bunny are, mm-hmm. which they were tied to for three years. Yeah. They just want to be one. They've been there. That's all they, the life they've and, known. And, uh, like, I think you mentioned his name earlier, but the guy who was running the, uh, the, the little carnival game, voiced by Bill Hader. Oh, that, that was yeah. Bill Hader. That, that was yeah. the, wow. the second he came out, I'm like, oh, that's Bill Hader, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, out. and, like, that whole thing, you know, like, you could tell, like, Key and Peele were just having a ball. I'm sure a lot of them were voicing this. I feel, I'm sure, I feel like Everybody has a ball in these movies, around. but, like, uh, like I mean, like, we brought up their running joke. You know, like, um, the <laughs> scenarios they would do trying to get that key or trying to stop these humans, like, yeah. which is the truth of it. And, it, like, they used the best part of that whole joke, like, when they're trying to tell Buzz and, and, and Giggle McDimples what they're going to do, is that they use the same music oh, yeah. each time, you know, like, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah. And uh, plush, the plush rush, it, it goes <laughs> all rush. expanded and everything else. That that went on for too long, perfectly. But oh, then, of course. House, they like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But then it gets, but then it gets fully paid off in the end credits yeah. sequence oh, yeah. where um, it turns into Godzilla basically. Yeah. <laughs> it turns into uh, its own kaiju you monster. You really have eyes. Yeah. And then back Whoa. to the carnival <laughs> games. Like I have to say I didn't think about it until this movie where I was like you know what? The fact that they're just toys that are alive. There's so many different scenarios you can throw them into. Yeah. Like the carnival games never would have thought of that. Yeah. But yeah those toys are just strapped and yeah, they're just, don't come you know, down. Yeah they're just like And everyone everyone in this movie like especially like the, the main core that we're following like basically the ones that we see on that main poster that's like that's the group we're following mostly because I'm the 
our friends that we know all in love that's not with Woody and Buzz this time around. They're in the RV. They're just in the RV chilling. Yeah. You know, they're just like, yeah, let's, let's just chill. But, like, the ones we focus on, they're all dealing with, like, their own kind of dilemma. Yeah. Internally, it's, you know, like, um, Bo is still dealing, like, she feels confident where she is now, but she's still, like... She has a very Gwen from uh, Spider-Verse vibes. Mm. Oh, like, yeah. Just yeah. kind of, yeah. like, Like, you have the sense that she knows what she's doing, but it's coming to cost, and it's because she's seen a lot. Like, that Which, moment where Woody reminisces about when she joined Molly's room, you could tell she was starting to get nostalgic yeah. in yeah. her face. Like, she's like, man, I do miss, I kind of do somewhat miss those days, but those times are over for her. Whereas, where she got over it, Woody never got over any of that, mm. you know, and everything else. And, like, so that journey they go on, and um, well, after they... Well, I was joking earlier about how, like, Andy's room was the equivalent of, like, the toy 1%. Like, it's a very privileged life. But I think in this one in particular, like, you mentioned toys just, like, strapped to a carnival. I think... Yeah. You really start to see what life is like for toys who don't have a home or just out on the yeah. the road or in the streets. Or the, and and again, those who are abandoned. Flesh or the ones the in the toy box that were happy. They were yeah. like, oh boy, because they always know kids are going to be there. And that mm-hmm. nice combat carol. Yeah. Dude, uh, him holding that hand up for a, <laughs> twice for yeah. a high five and not getting it, I died. They, resol- the they resolved that at the very, very end of the movie. Oh, did they? Yeah. Because uh, you know how they had the Pixar logo? Yeah. Like the, the Luxo lamp? Instead of the Luxo lamp, it's Duke. He's uh-huh. on his motorcycle, and then he hops on it. And then that combat Carl comes in, try to get a high five, and Duke high fives him. Oh, because of course I didn't see that. Because of course he would. That's that's what happens. Dude, you know, because he's Keanu Reeves, man. Of course, he's yeah. the nicest guy in the world. But like Duke, kaboom! His I brought up his backstory, how tragic it, quote unquote, Rajon. tragic. He's so short but perfect. But like, it's hilarious. Rajon, Rajon, Rajon. <laughs> Why? And when he, when he's about to make that first jump, and then you see Rajon like, just appear yeah. on, it's like, oh man, this is brilliantly hilarious. It's, it's so sweet and everything else. And uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, like their their initial mission kind of falls through because they couldn't save Fork initially, yeah. which leads to Woody having a really kind of t- unfortunate confrontation with Bo and the oh, other toys, saying dude, about seemed... loyalty yeah. and everything else. How many of us have been there? Where we. Mm-hmm. Where we've been holding something back. Or, or when Woody goes, I'm not going to abandon my friends. And you hear Buzz go, but you're abandoning me. Oh, and I was like, and I was like oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. You know, yeah. and then um, we see more. And then I want to talk about uh, Gabby Gabby, oh, the antagonist yes. of the film. Because she's not a villain at all. She's, no. You think she starts out as one, but she... She starts out very lotso in Prospector. Like, yeah. I think she's going to go that and direction. That's what it does. That's what it does when it kind of tricks you. Because you think, oh, I know where this is going. She's yeah. just going to be like... Just the standard. You know she's gonna be bitter about something. Yeah. But then you realize no, she just wants to be loved. Yeah. Like, like that's what that's what I found fascinating. She just wants to be loved. How how adorable were those scenes with her and Forky, by the way? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Where Forky. Like, it made you yeah. like her as a character, and like the the res- resolution. There's no violence. No. There's no like and it's, bad guy. It's, it's sweet. just it's yeah. Sweet. It's actually a and nice. What happens with her. And they bring this up how like they Woody and Gabby Gabby. She mentions how they were made generally like the same time, like the fifties. They're both yeah. old fashioned. Yeah. yeah. And I think. I think it creates this interesting parallel how they're both kind of relics from this past time who are, you know, obviously 60, 70 years from now. Whereas Woody got to live a happier, privileged life. Gabby, Gabby. Yeah. And they're both yeah. just trying to find their place in a world that, you know, is mm-hmm. just not giving them one. It's well, not their it's not their world anymore. And no. she represents a, a good um, visual representation of un, unearned expectations because she's like, that's yeah. my kid. I'm going to get that kid. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get... And it's like, when you... When unhealthily harbor all that yes. energy like it, it can destroy you, you project like it. it and then when things don't go the way you plan which was what happens with her you feel it it's yeah. like whoa oh, it's a that hurts moment. that oh, hurts yeah. because when you're when when you're not following these toys objectively it's like oh it's just a little girl says no nah, i don't want this toy yeah but 
in that that toy's perspective and Gabby Eye's perspective, it's like that. You might as well like, what's my purpose anymore? What am I gonna mm-hmm. do anymore? I, I put myself into this whole position where this is all I want, mm-hmm. and I don't get it anymore. Mm-hmm. What happens there? And then what the way they resolve her story, uh, is just so sweet, yeah. so mm-hmm. touching, and uh, I, I just love that moment where we see like how they resolve her, and it just warmed my heart. It's I'm really glad we're getting better quote unquote villains and antagonists in this year than we we've had in ever. I'm yeah, in say. a long time, yeah. you know. And I just lo- I love what they do with her story and everything else. But um, let, let's talk about for a bit. Um, unfortunately, my mom's in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Let's let's try to be. Let's let's try to be as vague as possible. All right. I, I don't want to spoil it for my mom. <laughs> mom, uh, we're gonna try to not spoil it for you if you hear us, mom. <laughs> yeah, but like um, the way the movie ends, mm. like we we knew Toy Story three had like that ending that ever got everybody, mm. and we we've always been hearing Toy Story four was going to end a certain way that will be emotional. Yeah. And yes. I'll say this much: I had a feeling this was gonna be where it goes, and I was confident that was where it was gonna go at a certain mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. But when it finally happened. And um, when um, a cert- when when uh, a certain character says she'll be okay, I won't say oh, specifically how. Yeah. Uh, sorry, guys, my mom's. And I don't want. I really yeah. don't want to spoil I, it for. I, I know what you're my talking mom. about. Like um, mm-hmm. when that happened, and that realization for us, the audience, and for the characters involved, you realize what's happening, and then, uh, and then all of a sudden, all the characters that we follow are a part of the scene too. Just the way. Yeah. That, that it all turned down. Ah uh, man, it That's hit the scene me that so broke much. Because there's especially like, this happens a, a lot certain with Pixar, where like yeah. there'll be a lot of little bits. Like this happened with Coke, where like the a lot of little bits. Like oh, this is nice. It's kind of getting me to tear up, uh, but I'm not gonna yeah. break. I'm not gonna break. And then they're like, oh man. At the very end, they're that's, like, oh, you want to break? That's huh? that. And they just lay like, it on thick. Boom. There were there was those two scenes in uh, go, talk about Coco by the way. Like there was those two scenes where in Coco, like where you see him and you see him singing the real song initially and then when he sings it again to um coco his grandma great grandma mm-hmm. like the, oh. i couldn't anymore oh that scene crushed yeah. me that, that, the that tore me up you know but then and then when she revealed the photo it was like oh it's so beautiful i'm so happy yeah. but it's like happy tears and here it's similar too because how many of us have found ourselves in woody's position by the time the film ends without getting mm-hmm. into too much obviously i mean alan since my mom can't hear you you can go directly Ooh. on you could go direct, yeah. since my mom um, can't hear you. <laughs> well, what I'll say, and I think why this movie really connected with me, maybe even more so than any of the others, um, and I think this is where you definitely start to feel, like we mentioned how this feels like an interesting kind of bridge as far as like the new and the old creative team. I feel like this one feels like the product of somebody, because again, remember, a lot of the people who made this movie, the new people, were kids when that first movie came out. Yeah. And now... And then you look at something like Toy Story 3, the, the reason why Toy Story 3 connected with so many people at the time, because a lot of people at that age were going through either college or some big life thing, and they had oh, yeah. their sense of a good, sense of goodbye. You cut to now, and I feel like, maybe you know, whether it be, like, say the people who were kids when they saw that first movie, they're in their 30s, maybe 40s, or maybe it's just people along the way. Um, the, why, I think the ultimate message of this movie, why it connects, like... Toy Story 3, and this is why I'm glad we got 4, looking back, oh, yeah, is like yeah. this nice, Toy Story 3 is this nice, happy ending where everything's got a bow, and it's like the toys, Keith. they found their purpose, <laughs> Sorry. and they fulfilled what they have to do, and that's it. And I feel like that's what we're told so many times, especially people of our age or just of our generation are told, okay, you go to college, you go to work, you have a family, that's your purpose, and you'll be happy. And I feel like we're having this reckoning where we have a lot of people, especially the millennials, who do that? Oh, yeah. They go. They put themselves through college. They work. They have a family, 
all good things. I'm not gonna. I think that's what I'm all three of us that. relate to right yeah. now. We're all either college students currently or mm-hmm. just graduated. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, going through these things, things that we're told, you know, these are the things, the fundamental things we have to do to have a happy life, and then we do them, and we're those are good things to do. But then when it's all said and done, we're still kind of like, is that it? Like, there's still yeah. something missing. And I think this movie definitely feels like it was made by people who recognize. Yes, three had a happy ending, but life doesn't give you a nice little bow. We're like, oh, I've this is my purpose, and I fulfilled my purpose. Because what comes after is like, yes, I filled my fulfilled my purpose. But what else what is do there now? What? Who am I outside well, of this purpose? And you know, who am I outside of school or this job? I think a lot of people of our generation are coming to reckoning with that, which is why this one for me connected yeah. so much. Well, and then it also can connect. Imagine the people who graduated high school Mm. and then their friends are going to a college in a different state. Like that ending is very parallel to that. And it like, I think it'll hit. And vice versa with college too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like you, like Skylar and I, we just walk together like Mm -hmm. at Fresno State in the same department in our class. And um, uh, I'll be real. When I was about, just to go personal, when I was graduating like that ceremony, I wasn't really going into it. I was like, yeah, sure. I'm not sentimental about it. But when the day it happened, I was like, you know, actually, this is a nice day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then you think about all the people you meet for brief times. Oh, at that ceremony, there was a friend of mine uh, who um, she and I have had a history, and uh, we had a nice, uh, quick little moment together. Because, you, and we've had a, ups and downs. I'll mm-hmm. just say that much, but it was nice, and I was happy that we got a chance to walk together, even mm-hmm. though we're not as close as we used to be anymore. It was nice to just share that kind of thing of like, you know what? This is a great time. It was emotional. And that's what I loved about the film's conclusion and the lesson that it really teaches by the end of the day about when you find yourself at that crossroads Mm -hmm. of life and, like, what's best for me, my own happiness. Mm -hmm. Not to say that I, you know, there's so much to it that just Mm -hmm. hit me. And there was one specific embrace. I won't say how because my mom's here. (laughs) And I want her to cry just like I did (laughs) when I show it to her. Um, there was an embrace that happens in this scene that I knew was coming, but when you when it happens, you're just it breaks you. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> it broke me because it's like, oh my goodness, oh. this is actually happening right now. Well, because you always thought this is how it's supposed to be, yeah. but then when you realize, no, life happens and people change, and what you want initially may be something completely different from years from now. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, and another reason I think why this feels not only just for Toy Story so different, but I think as far as animated movies or children's movie, something I never see taught or, you know, any message that's ever shown in these movies is the idea of letting yourself be happy. In fact, it's funny. I had mentioned this earlier, and I guess Nerdist uh, beat me to the punch with an article about this. (laughs) Uh, The ending in some ways kind of reminded me of Endgame, uh, not just because of emotional, but because in Endgame, (laughs) you see characters who have fought and fought and who have dedicated themselves to some higher purpose. At the very end, they're faced with well, what comes after? Like, what makes me happy? And that's... I gotta get a life. I gotta get a life. And that's why, that's what this reminded me of, this idea of, like, again, we're always told, you know, you gotta, you gotta be responsible. You gotta... The American dream. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta fulfill your purpose. You gotta help the community, which are obviously good messages to give to the kids. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Not denying that. Be be responsible. Live up to, like, the Lion King. There's truth there. Yeah, we need that. Be responsible. Live up to who you are. And again, how many superhero movies about, oh, this is my gift, my curse, I must do this, this is my responsibility. But again, yeah, people totally of our right. generation are coming to terms with the fact that, yes, this is my responsibility, this is what I have to do. But again, when it's all said and done, what makes me happy? I think, you know, in our generation, we're, we're 
I know I personally have this, and I'm sure you guys can relate to some sense. Like, you know, we want to do good for the people around us. We want to help out. We want to be responsible. But at what point do we start to sacrifice our own happiness, and is there a way oh, we can do both? Can we be a responsible person? Can we help those around us, but still at the end of the day say, yes, I'm happy? And there's a debate as to whether or not that's a selfish that's a selfish way to think. Like, some people at the end of Endgame were like, well, that's awfully selfish of Captain America to do that. But it's like, well, I didn't he's fought. Some people thought, that. I don't, because I think Me neither. you're talking about yeah. a character who fought and fought and fought. He deserved that. The, and the man was frozen for 70 years. I think he gets a pass. Absolutely. He gets a you know? pass. Um, yeah, but, we, and yeah. it's okay for us to spoil that movie, because if you haven't seen that movie, where have you been? Do you even exist? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, at the end of this movie, again, how many, again, not just kids' movies, but just. Quote unquote adult movies end with the message of it's okay to let yourself be happy. You know, well, you, you don't see that a lot, especially for kids. You know, I think that's a yeah. nice message. And to what's send. great is that when when you reach that that uh, conclusion, it tells you like it's not easy to choose that either mm-hmm. because you no. people always think oh doing what makes you happy that's easy. No, it's not. No, it is. It's always no, seen it's as laziness. Not. It's always says, oh you just you know yeah, you just make yourself selfish. happy. It, yeah, 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 exactly. It's seen as selfish. But, you know, and maybe sometimes for some people it can be selfish, but I think ultimately, and the, no, it's not selfish to choose, no, I'm going to choose the path that's best for me. How can I make myself happy? That's not a selfish thing. Well, Absolutely. And that's something that, like, Pixar does with every movie. They mm. always have sort of, like, this really abstract, like, concept for children that, like, you can learn through these films. Ratatouille had a whole thing about, like, acceptance of being yourself mm-hmm. uh inside out was about it's okay to be sad like th- these are things that i think yes. more kids films could yeah, do up you except know for cars the- 2 that didn't have a message at all what are you talking about cars I- 2 you know like making sure you don't eat that wasabi because yeah. you think it's pistachio Dude, ice cream oh, the japanese goodness. toilets Dude. that you that you eventually um have to get knighted by the you know oh Dude. man other than you that remember one, more of that think- movie than i do <laughs> Yeah, I I un, unfortunately remember a lot of that. Movie. Oh yeah, the oh, fact yeah. they went. You know who's a character we really don't spend enough Mater. time with? Mater. Mater, and it's like uh, we spent plenty of time with him. Yeah, and then did you guys see Cars Three? I did. I did. And it's you okay. know what? Cars, Cars 3, Three was a great Cars Two. Yeah, <laughs> that should have been two. That literally should have been two. I mean, it's 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 a generic sequel, but it's it's not yeah. bad though. Like it, it it's okay. did more than I think two ever could try it, it because it was like about like continuation Queen. to me. Like it felt yeah. Like what the character Lightning Queen, you know, needed. Again, it yeah. felt like the right ending for. Assuming that's the ending, it felt like the natural ending for him. Not gonna lie, I have a bit more of a connection to at least one and three, just because I've been to that land at Disney California mm. Adventure oh, so many beautiful. times. It's, it's a awesome. great, so well it's done. a great land. Like Alan and I rode that uh, Radiator Springs together, Ooh. and I remembered Alan's photo oh. <laughs> on that ride. He was. I gotta uh, say, whenever I go to Disney, I have the worst luck with pictures because I'll be in the middle of a ride, I'll be like, "Yeah, yeah." They catch me. I'll show you later, Skyler. Okay. Where I'm looking at the camera, <laughs> just dead like you better get <laughs> absolutely hilarious well, you know my yeah. my ultimate goal is to on every ride that takes a photo is to just lift my shirt just because <laughs> just like it. it they won't censor it because if you middle if you do a middle finger they will get rid of the photo oh, yeah if you mm-hmm. lift your shirt they are okay yeah. with you're it. a guy yeah it's okay. i'm a guy so i can get away with you it. can get away that's with always it. my goal and i love to do the single writer oh yeah, yeah. and then that way i, I quote unquote ruin everyone that's how you else's cheat the photo. system yeah do it on splash mountain that's oh, the best way to do it on when i went to disney world uh the rock and roller coaster the aerosmith oh i love that lines were 45 minutes single rider line a minute oh yeah and i was like it's a it's the best that's the way you go through the system like at universal i use that all the time Mm -hmm. and florida's universal i went Mm -hmm. on their version of the mummy which is much better than ours in hollywood okay ours in hollywood is fun Mm -hmm. but 
the one in Florida, it's like it's a roller coaster, but think of it like to the scale of Indiana Jones. Oh, that's hmm. oh, but you are full already on. Sold me, yeah. And it's like, man, this should have been. Why couldn't we get this here in California? Yeah. Um, but oh, you know, it's sure. funny. It's funny you bring up Cars Three because we we're talking about some of the old toys. Uh, Cars Three yeah. did do something similar that Toy Story Four does. Uh, what Cars Three did with Paul Newman, of, of course, Paul Newman voiced. What was it Doc? Was, yeah, Doc Hudson. Yeah, Doc Hudson. He of course passed away. The first one. He yeah. passed before two. And for three, they used archival footage recordings. In fact, I don't even think it was meant to be like official recordings. There's literally like off the cuff conversations with Paul Newman that they yeah. put yeah. in Car Three for flashbacks. And they do that here in four with Don Rickles, who of course passed away uh, in 2017. Yeah. To be fair, he's literally only had like three lines. Yeah, so it, yeah, it didn't feel much. like it was like. If you were a child and you didn't know, you would not. Yeah, know. you would it not know. But, but they do nice have a dedication way. at the end to him, which was sweet. It's yeah. nice to still have him in because I know that was at the family's request because he had, he had agreed to do the movie before he passed mm-hmm. away. Yeah, and the family and came didn't to get Pixar to with the like, lines. "We still want Don to be involved. Is there any way he can still be involved?" And of course, yeah. they had like what twenty four years of unused, of just unused footage, yeah. so they able or to piece it together. Audio, yeah. And again, even if he's not in it much, it's still nice that his presence is still. Kind yeah, of and you still feel him and and. Even like during the film's conclusion, you oh, see yeah. a look on his face or a look on everyone's face yeah. when you realize what's happening. It's just this is a, this is a sidebar. It. Does Mrs. Potato Head talk at all in the movie? Yeah, she does. Does she? Okay, I don't, re- I don't remember her much, saying anything. Yeah, like like I said, like a lot of the characters we love that are part of the team, they're not really a, as big of a they're factor not main, this time around. Players in this one, you know. And mm-hmm. I will say though, like how perfect were the final lines of this movie oh you know when you re- when you realize like um what happens and that that whole theme of like being lost and mm-hmm. he's not you're not he's thankfully not lost. the direction thankfully i'm not yeah. being direct so my mom yeah. doesn't know what we're saying so it's like he's well, not lost that anymore, again you know? like we were talking about earlier i think a lot of people our age especially you guys coming graduating college it, the easy word to use is lost if we just feel lost and confused we don't know where we're going and yet, yeah. again, I like that the final message is, like, there is value in being not so much lost, but not having some strict plan or not being beholden yeah. to the purpose that you think society has given you. That's there's something value that I'm learning to embrace. That's something water. that I'm learning to embrace. Like, this year, like, this might be the most personal podcast I've recorded so far, but mm-hmm. I had to learn how to, like, love myself first. Mm-hmm. Because in a lot of ways, I used to thought... A uh, little weird, but I used to think that I was a bit misanthropic in my mm. tendencies, Okay, which isn't the case at all, actually. I realized it was just that I didn't really love myself, Yeah, and when I learned how to do that, you can't change the mentality of not liking yourself, which lasted for much of your adolescent to 20s mm-hmm. life, to uh, overnight. It takes the same amount of time to fully get yeah. over that, but I've taken a lot of leaps in that, and it's something that I'm glad that this movie teaches to us, too, because I think that's what a lot of us our age, yeah. I don't fully know your guys' lives, you guys have your own lives obviously but you might have felt some some sort of way like what what is it in, in a lot of ways it's like you have to love yourself yeah. that's what I think that's another big theme of the movie is like sure things can be scary and life and existence in and of itself is scary yeah but we need to love ourselves first and then we could love the people in our lives the experiences we have man like that's yeah. that's really what the whole theme of Toy Story is about mm-hmm. it really Toy Story it's so weird to say Toy Story is about life yeah, it really is. that's really what it. That like these they really have found a way about. to take toys, but use them as like this 
crazy metaphor for life and morality and mortality and existentialism. It's like Richard Linkletter, like how Richard Linkletter's <laughs> themes are about time. Yeah. You know? Well, it's the ultimate in like an adult taking two toys and going, here's the concept of depression. <laughs> like that's how these movies feel is that an adult yeah. is holding these toys to yeah. teach you a bigger Absolutely. concept. And, oh, yeah. You know, well, like this is life in the workplace. This is life on the road and adventure. Mm-hmm. These are the people, your friends, your coworkers, your family, the loved ones you have. Mm-hmm. And some people stay in your life for longer some people mm-hmm. leave and sometimes you leave mm-hmm. and well, it's that's yeah. life mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were talking about the journey these movies have done yeah, again over 24 years four films and i think uh oh God, what was i think one of the benefits of doing these sequels i think what these sequels have done this franchise has done much better than almost any other animated franchise so often for like your standard animated franchise every, each one is in a bubble it's just oh here's another wacky adventure with the characters and they yeah. don't they don't change they don't grow and i think it's a circle and it looks like that it looks like it's gonna be that and but then you realize oh wait because that, that's what happens sometimes when you make a, a drastic life change mm-hmm. you think it's gonna go one way and then all yeah. of a sudden you're like wait no and that's but, um, what the narrative of the movie is. But no, is, yeah, really, Toy Story, yeah. it feels like, aside from the, the only other recent example I can think of was How to Train Your Dragon and how well how well they were able to pull this off. We're, we're over the movies, you get to see genuine maturity and genuine growth, and not just the characters, but in the themes and what it's willing to explore. It, and again, it's that gradual, especially over 24 years, it's this very earned kind of maturing that you don't see with not just animated franchises, but just franchises in general, which also tend to be very funny stagnant. Thing- how to Train Your Dragon one came out in 2010, just like Toy Story three did, and How to Train Your Dragon three and a really whole good, franchise ended before they came out with the fourth one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but they yeah. both began and ended this decade. Yeah. Wow. You know, like we we by the way we went on much longer than I expected, guys. Uh, it's almost we're almost at two hours, but I think that just goes to say how much we love these movies mm-hmm. and these. Well, there's characters. just so much to talk about. There you really know, like, is. Yeah, I'm sorry. Almost kind of getting emotional just thinking about. I can't wait to see it again. For one, I, I can't wait to show I, it to my parents. <sighs> Yeah, my I, sisters cried at oh, the end yeah. of the movie. I knew they were going to, and I was, and uh, also I, I I love how I think if they want to do more, which I think eventually they will, obviously. Yeah, what, I, what they should do is wait a couple years. I mm, like the whole absolutely. idea of like make it something special instead of do two or three years later. Make it like because the whole gap, like uh, Skylar has it right here. Toy Story and Toy Story Two was a four year gap. Mm-hmm. Toy Story Two, Toy Story Three was eleven years. And although not in real time, Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 4 was nine years. Yeah. yeah. There's there's large well, gaps. And that's what differentiates Pixar and I guess Disney's starting to do this now, as opposed to like, say, DreamWorks or Illumination, where it's like, all right, we got a slate, we got time to turn them out. We got to yeah. turn them out. Them out. Yeah. But you really see we Pixar like, taking the time. You Did really you... see Pixar like taking the time to be like, oh, wait, Speaking, we got to yeah. wait. Until, we really got to let it develop. Because I know Speaking for Toy Story 4 in particular, yeah. they said, like, no, we got to wait until we know we got a good story because we know we're risking, you know, negating the end of three so we really got to make sure yeah. if we're gonna do four it's got to be tight oh it needs yeah to be three plus oh yeah by the way speaking of illumination i work so i work at a theater uh-huh. so i clean up at the end of the th- uh. Uh, like movies and um they have secret life of pets 2 playing right i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's for kids i get it yeah. illumination yeah. target for kids but um just something that i found crazy at the very end of the movie or the mid-credit scene if you will kevin hart oh, plays this. a bunny he yes. plays a bunny and um you want to know what they do at the end of the movie skylar you might get a kick out of this oh boy but in a cringy way because like three years late, uh, Kevin Hart's bunny character starts rapping next to a stuffed panda, and guess what song? They're panda. In? Yeah. Oh, they're rapping course. panda, and Kevin Hart's like, "I got broads in Atlanta," and I'm like, "Are you are you serious?" It's, a, it's and that's that's the thing is I think the difference between like a Disney Pixar is that they do stuff that's timeless, mm-hmm. DreamWorks and Illumination they go, yeah, current. What, what's yeah, hitting I mean, now? 
Yeah, as much as, as much as as like much as we it's all just love a whole bunch of like oh, what's new, yeah, what's hip. Yeah. As much as we love Shrek, the yeah. first two at least. Oh, Shrek one. And oh, Shrek, Shrek was Solid very much definitive of like what's the hip new thing. And they yeah. and, and, and in a different way than Toy Story does, the first two Shrek movies kind of define our sense of humor too. Oh yeah, as people. Mm-hmm. So I still love Shrek, even though a lot of the humor from the first one, especially, is dated. Yeah, it's still smart, so many it's still memes. funny in its own way. Yeah, so many memes. <laughs> so so well, many memes were birthed from that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, and I saw uh, Secret Life of Pets 1, and while Mm. I don't think it's, like, the best film, I still enjoyed it, but, like, the second one really just didn't... It feels exactly what you shouldn't do for a sequel. But going back to the Toy Story influence, Secret Life of Pets is basically Toy Story, but with pets. Yeah. You know, Mm. literally. Like, not just the concept of, like, what happens when pets aren't... are are away from humans, but, like... The story of like, oh, a new character comes in. Oh yeah, take, oh, it's like oh, okay, it's Toy Story. It, it, it's like Toy Story it's, Light. It's a cute little mm-hmm. movie. Like yeah. Illumination is for kids. I'll say this about yeah. Illumination: whoever does the supervisors for like a lot of their soundtracks, they should get like awards. Oh, they should. You know? They pick some of the best songs. The Grinch had a great like Tyler the Creator did the Grinch yeah. music, and I actually for, good music. For goodness yeah. sake, Despicable Me had Without Me as its like yeah trailer song, and I'm gonna be real with you. That sells you on a movie for me. That, yeah. You got me. Like, it, well, then Happy was like, what, the biggest anthem oh, yeah. of like, what, 2013 did you know, or whatever? Did you know yeah. my high school graduating class almost marched to Happy instead of the pop and circumstance? I, I, I believe <laughs> it because, like, no, no offense, um, Happy's a solid track. It is. It's, it's a band. It's good. It's cute. You, you have um, to admit, it's fun, okay? Yeah. yeah. But no, I was, I was, I was going to ask about this. Did you, now, you guys saw this in the theater. Uh how how do you guys deal with sitting through those trailers when you go see a oh, kid for movie? little kids movies? For, well, what I like to do when I see, uh, especially for little uh, kids movies trailers, I actually mm. like really go, all right, is it a good movie for me? No, okay, but is it a good movie for kids? It's a good movie for kids. Yeah, that's what I Illumination still, is. I still mm-hmm. rep it, and I go, yeah, no, kids should Whereas, see Whereas, like, DreamWorks, sometimes, they'll have a How to Train a Dragon every now and yeah. then, and mm-hmm. even though Shrek was targeted for kids, I still yeah. watch those first two movies, and as data as they may be, I still find them hilarious. I think they get funnier as And as they're actually smart. Yeah. They're still smart, mm-hmm. they're relevant, and they are definitive of, like, a millennial sense of humor. Well, and then there's... there's kind of like Spongebob. Op- yeah, and then there's options in movies that actually fail on both fronts, and it's sad to see. The biggest mm. one in my recent memory, because I did see it in theaters, was Ratchet and Clank. That oh, really? Movie, that movie, for me, failed as a children's movie for the kids. Really? It failed as a children's movie for adults. That's like, unfortunate. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, did, I wasn't happy, and the kids that like were in the theater, they were bored. Oh, I, I heard wow. one kid yawn, and I'm Man. like, this is sad, because <laughs> I oh, that's, love that's always Clank. bad, like, whenever you have an animated yeah. movie that bores kids. Like, yeah. I think of, there's a few movies in my head that I think of, like, uh, there's three. There's one that came out a couple years back. I think Alan remembers. It was, it remember, remember Planet 51? Oh, yeah. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I do. I, that's, that was a snooze fest That was before the, the Rock became the, yeah. the big movie star he is mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Like, that was the, before he voiced uh, Maui and Moana. Yeah. yeah. So that was his big voice he had to pay his dues. Then. Yeah. And then I, I think of really recent animated movies that are awful, like Norm of the North. Oh, yeah. Please don't get me started. Or Rock that. Dog. Rock Dog, oh, which was directed okay. by the co-director of Toy Story Two, actually, Aww. Ash Brennan. Yeah, or but, the okay. newest one. Yeah. If when you guys saw this in the theater, speaking of dogs, did you get the trailer for this damn movie called Arctic Dogs or whatever? Yeah, I think we. I did. Yeah. It's like yeah, Jeremy. It's like it's like the most. Oh yeah, Jeremy like a voice, parody. Yeah. It's like it feels yeah. like this parody of like bad kids movies. Like meet uh, Swifty the Wolf. He's a he's a sled dog who wants it to be a big like bad a movie, sled dog. I'm like, oh my god! Like, I think Jeremy Renner and the rest of that cast probably recorded like six years ago, and they yeah. just took they just never. It yeah, was definitely it. that. It feels like one of those things where like we recorded that. Um, but no, like sit and, th- and look. I know I'm the animation guy. I don't like yeah. to be like pure diehard. Like no, it must all be like 
on the level of like Hayao Miyazaki it must be adult entertainment. Look, yeah. I get it. The kids' movies are kids' movies, and absolutely, yeah. I think even in like the simplest, most child-friendly movies, they have the ability to really impart some very effective messages. Absolutely. Um, but God, sometimes when I sit through these trailers, they really test my patience. Like, oh God, I think they played for the trailer for like trolls 2 where it's Ooh, like world tour. she's like singing oh. the song and she's like it's all these like bright happy cloud like the clouds have smiles and the trees have smiles and it's like ah, da, da, da. i'm like look i know this is for kids but if yeah you don't shut these trolls up i'm gonna burn the theater down the the only thing making me even remotely want to see it is the fact that anderson pack oh yeah and i saw that i'm it, like yeah. you're gonna make me oh see and my girl too. rachel bloom's in it also uh, she's really? a crazy ex-girlfriend yeah. she voices a troll in there see, and again yeah. trolls to me is like Maybe it's not the worst of them, but that's so textbook to me of like, okay, how many bright colors, how many pop songs? Oh my God, the pop yeah, songs. How yeah. many well, celebrities can we force in? That's, that, that's the thing with that Arctic Dogs, where it's like or that a ugly minute dolls of that movie Arctic that came Dogs out trailer. Like a couple months back. Oh yeah. Like a minute for those trailers is de- dedicated to how many celebrities did we fit in this trailer and we're going to yeah. slap their name on yeah. here. It's like, yeah. okay. Or, or okay. I think the worst and most egregious example, and I think you would agree as an animation person, is Ugly Dolls. That yeah. movie just looks atrocious. Pitbull, and, yeah. it's uh, not Nick a very Jonas, movie. Kelly Clarkson, uh, who else was in that? Like, it's a bunch of it's radio. A, and, and they, it's a bunch they, of like music people. And they fit um, it with, look at all these people in this movie. It, look at the, the cute characters that, and they're called ugly dolls. Yeah. They're not ugly. They're yeah. not ugly at all. Okay, no. so we, we've been going on for a long time. Let's just do a quick discussion on like the future of Pixar now that Pete okay. Doctor is the head of Pixar. Mm-hmm. This decade of Pixar has really been defined by sequels. A lot, it in has, a lot of ways, yeah. you know, like they, they've had some. Well, they have a new one coming out, uh, Onward. Onward, which yes. looks delightful. Yeah. Tom Holland and Chris Very Pratt play brothers. Julia Louise Dreyfus is I in it. I didn't even know it, they were the brothers. Oh, that was Chris, that was Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. Oh my you know, goodness! And, I'm uh, so excited. And um, Octavia Spencer's in it. I read the concept and the synopsis. It just it sounds like it's going to be very emotional, very yeah. sweet. And another mm-hmm. original movie. What was it again, Alan? That they announced. Soul. Recently? It literally just got announced like last week. Yeah, it comes it's out. It's called Soul. Three it's months like later. something involving space and the cosmos, which Good. will be directed by Pete, Pete Doctor, Doctor, who's probably my favorite. Like he's directed like Up might be my favorite. Like besides mm. Toy Story, Up's probably my favorite Pixar movie. Yeah. Really? Okay. Up means so. I mean, everyone always talks about the first few minutes, but I think the rest of that movie is still just as delightful because oh, it's my it's favorite a, Pixar movie. It's a zany adventure, and it also just has like that lesson that I think especially applies to those who reach that point where they're near the end of their lives, where it's like, I did live an incredible adventure. Mm-hmm. I, I thought this was the adventure, but no, that was the adventure, and that movie hits mm-hmm. me so okay. hard every time. That's ten years old now. Mm-hmm. I can't believe Ugh. it. But like, like now that they're gonna go full on, taking a break from sequels, which I'm happy about. Which is good. They should. I'm happy that they're taking a break, and I'm happy that we're going to get more original stuff. I'm not opposed to more sequels. I mean, Disney Plus is going to have a sequel series to Monsters, Inc. Are they? Yeah. They also, I I have here, they're also going to do um, a 10-episode short-form series called Forky Asks a Question uh, on Disney Plus. And then they're also doing a short film titled Lamp Life, which will reveal Bo Peep's whereabouts between leaving and reuniting with Oh, I can't wait. So I'm, I'm they're, glad they're that doing they're, other stuff. they are expanding upon the story and mm-hmm. everything yeah. else in ways without yeah. necessarily There's doing still a fifth room. one. You know, let's let's be real. There's going to be a fifth one. There will be. I, I, there? I don't. I, I don't want another one Is though. There? Like it's the same thing with four. Where I went I, as someone who enjoyed four. I still don't think it's necessary. I, I, don't, I just don't but think. I, I think they did a really think, good job. My thing is though, is I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Hopefully. Okay. I, Hopefully. I, I think it's. I think what they're gonna wait, do. No, no, wait twenty four years. Come it's back. Gonna, it's yeah, gonna just wait twenty four years. It's gonna be the before sunset, before sunrise situation. Maybe yeah. it's gonna be that long well, until we get one. I'm okay with well, that. Like 
if they're going to be good and they work hard enough and they age with us, I'm okay with that. Well, as long as they do something like, mature with it. What I'll say is that, again, we all doubted, a lot of us d- doubted Toy Story 4 and then look how it turned out. So, yeah. you know, never say never. But what I will say, and you talked about how Woody at the end of the day has been the main character. Like, I mean, yes, we love Buzz and everybody. This yeah. has been Woody's story through and through. And in 4... His story ends, as far oh, as I'm concerned. Definitively. Oh, like, yeah, definitively. Like, that's the ending. It's like, again, I love Buzz and the gang. I don't see them without Woody carrying a movie, because this has been Woody's story. It's all about his, been, what I think his relationship do, with his kids and his the world. Whether I, or not it's I don't a see a five movie, without him. What they could do is, like, just kind of have, like, the specials. Just have specials where every now and then... I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine yeah. with, like, little shorts and specials. I'm absolutely I'm not, I'm not opposed to them continuing the story. I'd rather... I'd actually rather have them do specials than just do another movie. Yeah. Just every now and then we see fun adventures with the characters. I need more Forky. Know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we could always use more Forky. Well, he's got, he's, got a, he's got a girlfriend now. Oh, nice. He does. <laughs> yeah. That was a beautiful, hilarious moment. Well, and like, then they also... I... I I'm a person who I liked it, but I'm very mad at them for it. Is when she goes, "How am I?" Oh, I love the bit. <laughs> and he's like, "I, I don't, don't know. know." And I'm like, "You guys copped out real hard on that." <laughs> yeah. It's like I thought that's what the whole movie was going to be about is how these toys become sentient. That is true, but uh, in a lot of ways, it's like it's like when you think about that whole idea, it's like, yeah, we really don't know. <laughs> yeah. Really at the end they of don't the ever day. explain it. Mm-hmm. I, I actually am happy that they keep it. Yeah. To where well, they keep it. This podcast went on. <laughs> a long time. We went basically two hours, pushing two hours on this. I'm. I just got to say, just to conclude, thank you both for participating in this, Skylar. Of course. Uh, obviously, we had that bit kerfuffle with the yeah, situation, you know. but I'm hey, glad. But now that I know. Came. I know where you are now. I'm glad that you came. We're definitely gonna have you on uh, in the future, hopefully again. Hopefully for some music stuff. Oh, well, music stuff would be yeah. great. Uh, Sky was a big music fan, also. And hmm. uh, Alan, um, it was great having you here too. I think it was great having both of you. This dynamic. Yeah. I I'm glad that the podcast is definitely. Uh, kind of expanded in a lot of ways and i'm thankful that you guys were a part of this um no first uh skylar is there anything you wanted to plug before we go off plug not really other than just like if you're gonna watch stuff watch it thoughtfully like just because it's a popcorn flick doesn't mean you can't get something from it think yeah absolutely and alan how about you obviously your artwork uh yes i am on the social medias my main jam is instagram because facebook and twitter are the devil i am still thinking <laughs> yeah. there i'm all under <laughs> alan gunn art that's a-l-a-n-g-u-n-n if you want to learn the correct spelling but yeah uh yeah, like i'm James trying gunn. to update yeah. my art more consistently so follow me along if you want to look at some nice stuff hopefully nice yeah um, alan other than that i got some projects in the work so we'll actually, see how that goes yeah. yeah well thanks alan thanks skylar and no um, problem thank you that was our uh basically two-hour podcast <laughs> on Toy Story 4, the history, and our love of Toy Story, coming of age, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, once again, thank you for listening to this podcast of Blank Green Canvas. I'm your host, Noah Villaverde, and join me again next week where me and a to-be-determined guest will discuss yesterday, uh, the music of the Beatles, and some of the films of Danny Boyle. That Once again, I'm Noah Villaverde, and thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. Bye. Thank you.